everybody, and welcome to episode 41, I think, of Third Man In, brought to you by Head Check Health. I am Mike Hickey, and I am joined by... Terry Ryan. And... It's Charles. Uh, and we're so happy to be here with you today. Uh, we've got a great interview coming up. It's a long one. We've already recorded it with uh, a good friend of Terry's, Jeff Serka. Uh, so he's going to be coming up very soon. And uh, yeah, it is it is a bit of a longer interview. So we're going to try <laughs> to keep this stuff a little bit tight. But there is a couple things that are happening in the world of hockey that we wanted to bring up. Um, I've got a few of them on my list. Um, but I guess the biggest kind of shake of this week is the Laviolette firing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it seemed a little bit like kind of caught. It got me off guard because I didn't think the Preds like they were. I knew they were underachieving, but it didn't feel like they were doing that bad. So it just seemed kind of weird to me for them to pull the trigger the way they did. But what, what what's your thought on it, Terry? Um, same thing, but there's a lot behind the scenes we don't see the day to day. Like th- to me, it's one of those things. I understand it. It's like middle of the road. Like yeah. I think the proof would be in the pudding of the day to day operations. Maybe it was time for for me to comment. And, and I know that's what we do as fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there was nothing major. Like it's easier for me to speak on Bill Peters or. Um, someone, I, I don't know, Claude Julian, yeah. who that might happen too soon or, or whatever. Because in, in the Laviolette situation, I don't. I, I think his players liked him for the most part. Uh, he had some success. He was there for a while, though. And yeah. he's mean, only, it, he was only the third coach in yeah. that franchise's history. So. Yeah, They've been around for like 24 is, years now. Dave Poyle, the GM, has been a, a, an NHL GM for something like 37 years or some shit like that. Um, as of this week, John Hines is the fourth or fifth coach he's ever had. So fifth so or fourth? Fifth. He's the fifth oh, okay, coach he's yeah, ever. Yeah. So Laviolette was the 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 fourth. It, this was the fourth coaching change he's yeah. gone through. Yeah. And to me, over such a long career, I know they had trots for 15 years. Uh-huh. But um, to me, that's that's the weird part for this, was that it seemed, it seemed like something that might have been a little bit like the record didn't seem so bad. They're they're only a couple points out of a playoff spot. So knowing that Poyle is somebody who holds on to coaches for a long time, that to me was the part that kind of it seemed weird that like this guy who generally will ride out a coach yeah. through some stuff. But how long has this, he been there? Five years. But buddy this, of mine, this is his fifth season, I think. Fifth. I would have said more. Go a ahead. buddy of mine went down to the Cotton Bowl for the Winter Classic, uh, which the Predators had the lead and they they blew it. And uh, he he had called literally like from a post he made at the game that that was going. And I thought it was absolutely foolish. I read it and laughed and thought it was like I was like, well, this is is this satire. Uh, He called that that was going to be a big impact in the coach getting fired. Lo and behold, during the press conference, they even brought up the fact that, you know, they were up in the Winter Classic and it went sideways. And, 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 and you know, after that, he I think he played one game behind the bench. And yeah, well, the, the weirdest thing about all that was is they, they canned him and had a game the next day and they didn't announce it. Or, they didn't announce a guy until like they announced Hines because yeah. apparently for 32 teams, only 35 people can coach these for, for some reason. Yeah. I mean, but they, they announced Hines at like one o'clock the next day. And I, the thing I always I, wondered about that was like, did they fire him and literally not have a yes from anybody? Well, that's I, what I thought. I don't know. I think that maybe I think I think there's a couple things there. I just checked, by the way, that he's done six complete seasons um, and they were first the last two this season at the time of his firing 41 games in they were 19 15 mm. and 7 um but the the thing about what you're saying is that maybe there's something to 
given him the respect of, you know, giving it the 12 hours of we're firing Pete, but we're not going to announce but, his successor in the same breath. But listen, and maybe that's. But, but, but listen, one other thing I want to add. Yeah, yeah, They're not doing well. They're underachieving. No, yeah, yeah, no, they are. Okay, no, sure. so he got yeah, fired. Yeah. 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 Hunter, Hunter, that's, uh, that's the know. easiest thing to do. You can't play. You can't change. You know, however many players, thirty-six players, but change they have within those five years. They've yeah. given a shot. Oh, they've fun. changed yeah. a lot of players. Yeah, yeah. like I said, so, they they were uh, his first season. They were second in Central. They dropped a fourth in the Central for two seasons, and then the last two they've been first in Central. Uh, in this season, like I said, right now they are nineteen, fifteen, and seven at the time so of his firing. Mike yeah. loves this because Matt Duchesne. I is don't there. think there's a single incident. I think all these things. I mean, but who knows? Again, mm. when it's so. When it's so, he treads the line and it's so, what's the word, vague. Yeah. That you, you could, you know, if you're there every day, I guess you'd have an idea. Mm. Like certain players might have, you know, he might have worn out their wel- his welcome with them. Yeah. And I don't mean that from a fuck you point of view. It's just sometimes it just starts to go stale. And when you're a team like Nashville that has, people have really thought for the last few years that they were going to make a run and they did make a couple of runs, yeah. but they've, only they're not a team that was looking to rebuild. No. Not that they are, but they're really they're treading with mediocrity now. Yeah, and I think he's been there that long. Middle middle of the pack type of yeah. vibe coming from him. Now. Doesn't I mean, surprise me. Will he get another job? A hundred percent. Well, he might land in Montreal before the season. <laughs> he might. Uh, um, I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think so because he doesn't speak French. But um, no, or maybe that he wasn't does. where I, I was going. There. But um, what well, one thing that someone pointed out that I thought was really funny is that this is the third coach that has lost. Of Stanley Cup to Sidney Crosby, who's been fired this season. Wow. Babcock, DeBoer, and and Laviolette <laughs> are all the losing coaches in Sidney Crosby's three cups. They've all been fired in the last three months. Wow, which is weird. It's weird. That it's, is, uh, yeah, I, mean, you know, I don't just, think it can be read into. But oh no, 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 there's nothing to read the, into the it. It's Babcock just a one was but, like twelve years ago or eleven years ago or whatever. Um, um, but can we go back to Claude Julian? You're talking I was, about Claude I Julian. I was doing yeah, that. Okay. I was doing that on purpose. I was trying to make a segue. <laughs> you don't, you don't fire, you don't fire Claude Julian. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. The Habs aren't achieving. Listen, like, and and I'm not okay. I'm a Leafs fan, but I'm allowed to watch. I, I believe, I believe, I'm allowed to watch the Montreal Canadiens and comment on them. Not sure. Some people on my Twitter will tell me I don't have the right to do that. Uh, however, <laughs> uh, I digress. Listen, last year, going into the season, everybody and anybody, even Habs fans I know, were making jokes about drafting Hughes. It was going to be a lottery team. It was going to be this. It was going to be that. They shock everyone. They wow a lot of people. And all of a sudden, you've got the last week of the the season, they were knocking on the door of the playoffs. It all Mm -hmm. fell apart three games into the season. All of a sudden, the same people I was talking to that were, you know, joking about Jack Hughes were saying, well, if it wasn't for losing against the Senators a lot uh, or the, the, the Detroit Red Wings they had trouble with last year, we would have made the playoffs. What that did is it changed the perception of what's coming into this year. Mm-hmm. They hit a home run at the draft. They draft Cole Caulfield. Uh, you know, all of these things kind of move around. But the reality is they have the pretty much the same team. They have the same product coming in. There were no big adds to the Montreal Canadiens over the summer. No. There was nothing, you know, nothing groundbreaking there. They struck they they struck out on Jake Gardner, which if you look at what Jake Gardner, my large adult son, is doing in Carolina right now, not really a big miss for them. Uh, they kind of struck out on Matt Duchesne, some people would say. Uh, if you look at what's happening in Nashville with Matt Duchesne, not really a huge loss. He doesn't, 
bring much to the Canadians right now. A dude who they're desperately missing, who, you know, is me putting a blundstone in my mouth, is I never thought that them missing John Drouin would have such a big impact on their season this time last year. But the fact of the matter is, last year they were supposed to be this lottery team. This year they are, for all intents and purposes, a lottery team. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's an excuse to fucking fire everybody all of a sudden. I just, I don't think Claude Julien should be a sacrifice here. And the only thing Mark Bergevin probably should have done differently is spend his cap. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I, like, everyone's coming back to it. It's like, what do you do? 90% of the people I'm talking to either want the GM or the coach fired. Then there's another 10% that talk about the actual real problems. Well, we need to rebuild can't rebuild with it with Carey Price and Shea Weber there. That's when it gets difficult to be a GM of that hockey team. I and, and I agree. I think that um they can't rebuild while those two pieces are there cuz those two pieces are what are always going to limp you into being, you know, 3 or 4 points out of a playoff spot. Um and, I don't know about Price. Um, I don't I don't think he's been I I, I just no, I think that price has historically been what has kept like in what should have been um what should have been a lottery season last year, price one that like stole enough games yeah. to just fuck up their draft pick. There was a dude last year trying to tell me he'd trade Nylander a first and like Connor Brown or something. Yeah. And no, Nylander Anderson and Connor Brown for Carey Price. Well that's that's and silly I was like, to do. I wouldn't do well it was during the Nylander holdout. Well and no. I was like, I wouldn't do that if you paid me. And he looked well, at me like I had a thousand he does, heads. They do they do pay the GM. That's kind of the point. Terry, you were you know, you actually part of that had been part of that organization. Um so what are your thoughts on the current like yeah. I mean this they're on the second eight game skid of the season. Yeah, I I, okay, so I just think they overachieved the last couple of years. I never did think they were good. I thought, I thought Bergevin should have been fired a couple of years ago, and then all of a sudden he pulled out some decent moves. And I thought, you know what, this guy deserves some credit. Mm-hmm. But now I just think with that maybe inflated expectations a little bit. I think they played ahead of themselves. Now they do have injuries, but so does everybody. So does mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. It comes to mind, and they still pull off some wins. It's the NHL, you know. You should have a little bit of depth there, and that's if you if you don't, that's what makes you an inferior team. Right now, they're on the outside looking in. Um, I definitely don't think it's Julian's fault. I, I yeah, would start that's me as well. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, the, definitely the, not his fault. My, my in my opinion, they've. There's only so long you can try to read. Look, it reminds me an awful lot of the era of Toronto Maple Leafs where we had Phil Kessel, we had Tyler Bozak, and we had James Van Riemsdyk, and that's all we had. You got Max Domi. You've got John Drouin, and I don't know who the... Uh, Thomas to- Tatar is leading goal scorer yeah, on the team. Yeah, Thomas I Tatar. I don't know who I would compare Bozak to or whatever like that. But but after that, it drops off. It kind of drops off hard. Phil Deneau is there and all, you know, these these other guys. But but again, it's, it's a bunch of guys that shouldn't be... Yeah, you've got to rebuild, and I don't think you can rebuild with Carey Price and Shea Weber. You've got a long-term IR, Shea Weber, into oblivion. Sorry and- about both your hips and ankles, Shea, but... And then Carey Price, I don't know if you can trade him. I don't know if you could do it. Um, I think I think with Price, it's... Um, I think his contract's too bad. I, I Well, his contract is, I think he's got five years left with 10.5. Ten and five. a half. Um, and, insane. And so, um, Terry, you were saying, like, you're saying that you don't think that, you know, getting rid of Julian's the answer, but do you think that at, at that kind of level, Price is something that's actually a movable piece? Oh, I think he's always movable. We'll see. We just, I think you wait. Well, you wait to see who someone gets hurt, right? Like I don't, I don't think right now, but it's going to be the playoffs, and yeah, 
someone might lose their top goalie, and then it becomes if we're going for it, maybe we will. I, I know it's a tough contract to trade, but it, it can always be done. Milan Lucic got done. Yeah, Carey, Carey Price David Clarkson was a necessary is my, player. David Clarkson you, got traded. That's just, always my... Yeah, yeah, but just fin- finish what you're saying, Terry? Well, yeah, like if... So if like Carey Price, even though the price tag is hefty, there's a huge value there. Yeah. Whereas with with Lucic, it was uh, or Clarkson or whatever. Like you know, there wasn't there wasn't the case. He can immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's thirty million. If you've got the money, what do you mean? He can win you a Stanley Cup if you give him a good team. He's thirty two years old. Someone's going for it. I can see it happening. Is it likely? Maybe not, but I can totally see it happening. And I think that I think the combo of of the fact that Carey Price. If he gets the right team in front of him, which is what everybody said about him his entire career, he's obviously one well, done well at the international level when you get a great team in front of him. Um, and the Habs just haven't been that. And people have been saying for years that the biggest problem with what's with Gary Bryce's game is what's happening in front of his game. Yeah. Um, it's what's happening in front of him. And so the thing that I think might give Gary Price and, and give the Canadians a chance to move Gary Price is that he is kind theoretically in the position that you could treat it as a rental. You got a draft lottery coming up again next year. Yeah. You've got an expansion uh, an expansion um draft I mean coming up next year. And so there's always the out. You can take the risk on price. You do you take half of his salary now, you get his salary next year if it's not working out He's your. He's what you you'd make available sweet, in I the think, expansion draft. I think you'd have to sweeten it, though. I think you'd have to mark Andre Fleury. The Pittsburgh Penguins had to give up a pick to make sure totally, Vegas took... Totally, but if you're the Habs right now, like, I mean, I know you don't want to give up a pick if you're the Habs and you're, and you're talking about a rebuild, but I think that's what I'm saying is that you can move him and it's the team that you move to that you that you I look at that has to give I up the pick. I want to state on the record before everybody gets mad at me again. I'm not saying Carey Price is a, isn't a great goalie. No, I don't think no he's been the that. same goalie since he stepped on a puck in the crease a few years back. I, I think whatever happened to that injury that took him out for the rest of the season in like 2016 or 2015, whenever it was, I, I don't think he's the same player as he was there. Maybe it's a nagging injury thing. There's a lot of rumors always about his hips. However, I just think it's very much like a Roberto Lolongo Vancouver Canucks situation you where said his name wrong. Sorry. You some it. other some other guy said it wrong a lot. He did. Anyway, uh, they uh, I, I just think it's it's a situation where his contract is the absolute worst thing that this club that has it right now is dealing with. Well, you're, you're, what I was going to say is this is why I think Bergman should be gone. This should have been done already. Yeah. That, that's the only yeah. thing. The thing is, lots of teams could use him. Well, Bergman's the guy that signed it, too. I mean, exactly. Yeah, it, that's an it should have been done already. It's, it's an right. albatross. And, and that's the thing, is that you're talking about, like, the problem with the Habs rebuild is that they can't do it while Carey Price is there. And so the the contract that he signed recently should have been exactly that. It should have been, it should have been you know, something that was that had escape clauses built into it because they were hovering, they were circling around what was going to be the start of, um, what was going to be the start of, you know, either a rebuild. It was basically like they signed Carey Price to like an eight-year deal when they had a, if he doesn't do it this year, we're going to have to move on to a rebuild stage. And they and they signed him long-term for some reason mm-hmm. at that point. Um, another thing that happened this week that in the NHL that I thought was kind of interesting is Justin Williams is coming back. He, yeah, worked out shit with, he worked out his shit. He signed that. a deal with the Carolina Hurricanes. And my question to you is this. You've got the Carolina Hurricanes who now have Justin Williams, Mr. Game 7, and also 
Jake Gardner, Mr. Game 7. So do these guys and their Game 7 histories cancel each other There's out? Not, they're not or gonna, do you healthy scratch Jake Gardner in Game 7? They're not going to play a Game 7. No series they are in are going to go to 7. It's all going to be 6s. Uh, I, want, I want it to happen, though. <laughs> fives, I want it to happen so bad. 5s I mean, and 6s. Maybe 1-4 in there. That's intriguing. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting storyline because we're going to, like, I, I just think it's going to be hilarious that, you know, these guys could potentially cancel each other out in Game 7, especially since I think Williams is either leads or tied in, like, all Game 7 records that played, there are. Like, he's played, he's played like 100 in, of He's them, played though. in, like, 15. He delivers all the time in him. He's so clutch. So you kind of almost want him to, especially if this is, like, kind of a last hurrah, I, come back for it, half a season, it finish takes, it out. It but. takes 16 wins to win a Stanley Cup. I wonder if he's got 16 Game 7 wins from his tenures. I wonder if you add up all the Game 7s I think he's, he's at 14 in. or 15. That, oh, man, I think I'd that's love, where he's I'd at. I'd love yeah, to yeah. see it. That would be a neat little, like, yeah, you know, 16 wins in one playoff to win a Stanley Cup. But try winning 16 Game 7s in your career. Yeah. It's going to be kind of messed up. Yeah. Um, but with, on that, like, uh, on that weird little hypothetical, uh, I think maybe now might be a good time to throw to our interview uh, with Jeff Circa, who, I mean, we get to chan- we had a chance to chat, chat to Jeff earlier this afternoon, and it was just incredible. He's got a fantastic story of a very long career, mostly through the minors. You'll hear about how he came about as close as you can get to playing an NHL game without actually getting to play an NHL game. Um, and, uh, there, you know, it's just it's just a, a great packed interview. TR, do you want to say anything about it before we throw it to it? Um, no, he's a real good friend. Cirque's one of those guys who's a great leader, great professional. Um, I learned a lot from him, and we, we remain close, so you'll tell in the interview. All right. Um, well, you'll hear that here. Uh, right now, after a quick word from our sponsor, Head Check Health. Concussions are serious business. Concussions and post-concussion syndrome had a huge effect on my career. Whether you're a player, a concerned parent, a coach, a risk manager, or an executive, they're a major area of concern. HeadCheck Health has developed software and services that improve the way concussions are assessed, tracked, and managed at all levels of sport. Their goal is to create a safer environment of play by giving better tools to the individuals responsible for documenting and assessing concussions and providing better data to administrators to make real health and safety improvements. HeadCheck currently works with organizations across the country like the Canadian Junior Hockey League, BC Hockey, Rugby Ontario, the Western Lacrosse Association, and more to advance their concussion management practices. If you're interested in learning more how HeadCheck can help your team or organization, please visit HeadCheckHealth.com or email info at HeadCheckHealth.com. That's HeadCheckHealth.com or info at HeadCheckHealth.com and tell them TR sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest at Third Man In is a former Kingston Canadian, North Bay Centennial, Toronto Marlboro, Maine Mariner, Binghamton Whaler, Indianapolis Ice, Rochester American, Portland Pirate, Denver Grizzly, Orlando Solar Bear, Kansas City Blade, Long Beach Ice Dog, Utah Grizzly, Hershey Bear, Cincinnati Cyclone, Colorado Gold King, and last but not least, New England Stinger. He is a dazzling D-man, a darling of a dad, a curious Canadian, an awesome American, a passionate police officer, a gallant gunslinger, a captivating cop, a faithful friend, a bodacious buddy, a sharpshooter, man alive. He's six foot 195. He chirps at refs, our buddy named Jeff. Of all the guys I met, he was one of the dirtiest in front of the net. Don't call me a fool when I'm saying he's old school. Listen here, mate. He was born in 68. I always smirk when I think about Cirque. 
In 2001, we had lots of fun. In Colorado Springs, we played for the Gold Kings. Win or lose, we hit the booze. Now here he is in the podcast biz. Get ready to dance the mazurka. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pal, Jeff Circa. Cirque, how the fuck are you? Oh, my God. I'm pleasure to be on your show, first of all, and very humbled to even uh, you go down the list of people to finally get to me. It's a Polish dance. The uh, what is it, Terry? The, the mazurka. The mazurka is a Polish. I gotta be dance. honest. For that one, I reached into the rhymes with Google. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I had I was, to. I, that's the second time. Sandwith, but nothing ended up working out for yeah, that one. But that was the other one. Door hinge and orange. If you're ever really stuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, it. I said what? Circa, burka? <laughs> no, the mazurka. Way better. Yeah, there, there you go. Sounds like a wrestling well, finishing move. Don't forget it, sir. Don't forget it. He's a good Finlander, sir. <laughs> By the way, from Coppercliff, Ontario, Canada, yes. Well, what is it? Are you Polish? What is Circa? It's Finnish, my fin- God. Finnish, yeah, yeah, Finnish. You don't strike me at all, having known you at all. He, like said, a he, was, he said he was dirty in front of the net, so I mean, is, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, old school dirty be, can openers ga- and shit, ga- though. Gotta be, there's got to be one on every good Finnish team line of I one guy Cirque, who's a... Cirque, I think... You were probably, of all the people I played with, you can open the most forwards in front of the net. Oh, I swear to God. I, I would never last in today's game. I That can opener was the best. <laughs> you slide that. Oh, yeah. You slide that stick right up and you twerk it. You know who uh, put me onto the can opener was uh, Craig Duncanson. Where was that? Now, First could... round pick to Los Angeles Kings. Okay. And he taught me the can opener. No way, yeah, Cirque, You were, you were, you. I remember uh, Gilly telling me about it. So, Cirque, I'll start at the beginning, I guess, Cirque, But before we go there, like a lot of, you, so you and I and Gilly, our buddy Todd Gillingham, um, played in two thousand, two thousand and one in Colorado Springs, and that was the year I was a year that I was holding out of Montreal. I wanted to trade. I wanted a chance. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. So, Gilly was going to Colorado Springs, and I ended up going there. That's where I met Cirque. But Cirque has a lot of great stories. A good minor leaguer with, yeah. I mean, just in the sense of, not quite bird dog, but he's got a little bit of bird dog in him, right? <laughs> Cirque, if, go around him once, yeah. fine. Go around him twice, he's going to slash in the ankle and take the two minute. Go around him three three times, probably going to spear you in the chest, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Bird would probably cross-check you in the nose right off the bat. Little bit and like to drink and like 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 loves his beers like yeah. the boys. So Cirque would give you a, a chance. Before yeah. he just took your head off. Not as ruthless. All right. More of a, right? More of a duck taller than a bird dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm uh, sorry for that, guys. But, well, he's from Sudbury. So here we well, go, Cirque. Are you from, because you always told me about being from Sudbury. Was that where you were born? I was born in Coppercliff, Ontario, actually. And then uh, uh, we only had double-A hockey uh, in Coppercliff. And then I had to go to the, the, the big city, Sudbury, right? Uh, Coppercliff is a uh, uh, Inco-run city, okay. and uh, my dad was a miner, and uh, I had to go to uh, Sudbury to play AAA, and that's where uh, I got uh, drafted to uh, Kingston Canadian. Now, how far away is uh, Coppercliff Cliff from Sudbury? Uh, how long of a, a move or relocation are we talking there? Well, I could tell you it's about a nine-mile run. 
used to run it all day long, <laughs> there and back. Yeah, okay. like if you look up Coppercliff yep. uh, online, like it doesn't have its own Wikipedia page. It's listed as urban neighborhoods around Sudbury. Okay, so it's it's like my, <laughs> it's like part of that. The yeah. r- reason I asked, there's I, I'm from a mining town as well, which is there's two of them, two mines, two towns. But I would tell people Labrador City, but in reality, it's f- about five kilometer run. I didn't run it though. <laughs> Circa. Yeah, I ran I I ran it there and back, and that was my training. Yeah, you're you're a Rocky Four kind of a guy. I can totally like. I, as we get to the end of the interview, you're gonna have an idea about Cirque, but really old school. You know, after games, me and Cirque would go to. Uh, remember Cirque? We used to go to Old Chicago, and they'd give you credits. So they had beers from yeah. all over the world, like 180 beers or something. I think it was even more than that. It was from all over the world, and you you tick them off as yeah. you go. You get a cart. So Cirque and I like. Finished exactly. the tour, yeah, yeah. We finished the tour a couple times. It was it was great. There was one in Boise. There was there was there was a few all over the states, in the cities we went to. But we we point being, some guys would go for wine to the piano bar, but Cirque and I would always find ourselves at a pub. Um, you know, kind of like I like to do here in Newfoundland, and he liked to do in Sudbury. So listen, you I, I don't even know this because your best stories are when you turn pro. We didn't ever talk much about it. And by the way, side note. Guys, so when I did Letter Kenny this summer, mm-hmm. I went to Sudbury. Now, what are your chances yeah. on this? Because Cirque's my good buddy. We talk all the time. And I said, you know, you should come to Newfoundland at some point or I'll go to Denver. I'd love to see you. You know, he's one of those teammates you keep in touch with. Hence, he's on the show. And But the thing is, I was in Sudbury for two days. And I he called. And he just thought I was in Newfoundland. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, not much. I'm in Sudbury. He goes, no way. He was at the mall like two minutes away from where I was. Oh, crazy. Oh. I know. So I ended up doing the scene. And afterwards, Letter Kenny had a party, like the end of or the rap party. Yeah, because the the day I, I did yep. that that scene happened to be the last day of shooting. People in the film industry so, don't party, Terry. Yeah, well, some do. <laughs> I'm joking. Some do. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we had this, uh, and it was great too. They had a jukebox at a bowling alley. That's where they had it—a bowling alley and a jukebox. I loved it. That's so fantastic. I didn't actually leave the jukebox. I just sat by it all night. Thing is, Cirque was like two minutes away. So I went over and got to meet his uh, mom and his, was it your brother, right? Or yeah, uh, yeah, my brother Mike. Yeah, we're in, and where do we end up? In the garage. We ended up in beer. the garage drinking beers, playing poker. That's exactly there. Now you're, you're starting to get a picture painted of, of Cirque. And we had a great time. Um, and it, Cirque, that was great to see you. And before I keep going with the questioning, because I want to start when, when, when you were 16. But So the other thing is, so Cirque, I'll talk about it right off the bat. When I went yep. to Colorado Springs at first, I had nowhere to stay. You got to find somewhere. So there was like a week or two of, uh, you know, I didn't want to rush into something. Um, and the team was going to set us up and everything. So we were kind of waiting to get our the leg work done. And Cirque had me at his place for a couple of weeks. So you, your daughter, uh, Shiloh, was how old then? Like like one? I, I remember being a toddler. Oh, probably about one. Yeah, one or two, I guess. Yeah. And Cirque, his wife, Shawnee, has since passed away. And, and Cirque, you want to tell that story? Like, that, that, that was her, because she was a friend of everybody, too, right? Like, one of, the, one of the wives that, well, I mean, hence I wouldn't have been staying at Cirque's, uh, you know, making me meals every night, pick, you know, picking us up when we're drunk at Old Chicago's, whatever it might have been. <laughs> she was a good influence. Everybody liked her, but what, what, and, and the mother of Shiloh, obviously. So what, what happened there uh, and, and when? How long after I left? 
Oh, Jesus. Well, well, we played that year together, and then uh, I retired, and uh, I was uh, sitting around, hanging out. I'm like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And uh, I went on a uh, ride-along with uh, one of my uh, Shawnee's relatives, and he was a Denver police officer. And then I went on a ride-along. We got into a police chase. Wow. And I'm like, this is something I could do. Yeah. Holy shit, on your first ride-along, you got in a, a, a chase? Yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, this is the adrenaline I'm looking for. Oh, you for. got the bang so, for your yeah. buck there, so wait, buddy. Was that Shawnee's brother, you said? Uh, cousin, yeah. Okay, okay, wait, cousin. Cause, yeah. Okay, so she's from there. I keep forgetting. You're in Cincinnati and Denver and a bunch of other places. I forget. So she's from Denver, is she? Yes. Oh, okay. Denver, Colorado. And, uh, okay, now I understand. Yeah, I went with uh, her cousin and did a ride-along, and then here I am now. After about 890 games in the minors, I found something I could do for, <laughs> for well, the rest. That's fantastic, sir, and I, and I will revisit that. Um, but I, I want to—I don't want to go out of order, and I already am here. Cause, so, like, tell us about when you were 16. Like, were you a big pick coming into the O? Did you— expect to make it at a young age you know I, I, you we haven't really talked about this so i'm interested as much as anybody well i'll tell you terry i was sitting at home listening to the ohl draft on the radio i remember sitting in my my mom's uh dining room and listened to the draft on the radio i was picked in the 17th round i don't know if they have wow. even more rounds than that but <laughs> I was two. I was picked two hundred and sixty-eighth overall. I still know that number. Wow! Wow! And I got I got drafted. And I got a call from uh, Ken Slater, the GM of Kingston Canadians. He says, "Yeah, we're we're <laughs> we're happy to have you." I'm like, "Jesus, seventeenth round, two hundred sixty-eighth overall? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I'm surprised he <laughs> called you. To be honest, good on him. I was gonna say, does everyone in the seventeenth round get a call? I wouldn't think. Is he making like twenty yeah. phone calls that afternoon? I, I yeah. Mean. So I got it. I get a call, and I said to my mom, "I remember to this day in the kitchen." I said, "Mom, I'm not coming home." She goes, "Son, you can't leave. You can't leave here." Because uh, I was a mama's boy, eh? Oh, okay. So she says, you're you're not going. I'm like, I'm going. I'm going to go and make the team. So I went to training camp and fought everybody that you could think of. <laughs> Fighting equipment managers. Oh, shit, yeah. I would, uh, yeah, I fought everyone. And before you know it, the old kid from Copper Cliff, Ontario, made the team. Look at that. I can't believe we this. Had, we had Jeff Chikrin, Herb Raglin, Scott Metcalf. Uh, you can go on. Oh, Chris Clifford was the goalie. And my, my defense partner was uh, Jeff Chikrin. Oh, wow. I was, the left, I was the left shot. He was the right shot. So they put the young guy with uh, Chick. So me and Chick go way back. I remember him in the uh, yeah, in the NHL. Mm. Yep. So yep. you get big, big, tall, six foot six, lanky guy, and uh, he took care of me. <laughs> so, Cirque, that's when you, you were and you were sixteen here. Uh, seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, so you're seventeen. 
Now, what happens? You're in Kingston for three years. I mean, I, I love that city, by the way. Did you enjoy your time there? Oh, I love it. It's a beautiful place. Have you ever you know, the lake and the water and everything? That's one on my bucket list. I got to get back. But uh, and then I played my career, and then I get shuffled around. My old rage year. Wait, before you there skip you on, like one this. of your years you played with Brian Fogarty, right? Whoa. So Yes. Oh, I, me and oh jeez. So like was Fogarty I, I met him, he was a great guy, just like, you know, he, he obviously he liked the booze, but uh, to say the least. But like what kind of a joke I heard he was a a lot of questions in this. Just tell me your impression. I heard he was unbelievable in junior. And uh, you know, was he a good guy? Was he quirky? Really curious about this. Good find here. Uh Folks and I, exactly, we came in in that uh, same draft here. He went first overall, and I went, of course, 17th overall. Uh, But this guy was unbelievable. Most talented guy you could ever, ever play with. And one of the best guys. Him and I actually were were tight because we like to have our beers, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Folks... Oh, Fogues ran the whole show. Like, to put it in perspective for people listening, Brian Fogarty had 155 points as a defenseman, okay? Like, he would, I, I heard about him in the same sentence that Bobby Orr would be in. That's the kind of prospect he was at one point. Um, he tragically passed away a few years back, and <clears throat> I met him. We gave him a shot when I was in 2000, uh, 99-2000. I was with St. John's Leafs, and... Um, he was real nice. I could just tell he was weathered. He, he was almost, you know. Yeah, he. He, uh, he seems stressed. You no, know, he started his career. Uh, he started his career with the Aurora uh, Club way in uh, Ontario. Aurora. He was fifteen, I think. He was so far ahead of his time. And uh, old Fogsy got uh, way ahead of his time and uh he drank a lot of beers at 15 16 17 and then he comes to us and he was uh he was a mess yeah too bad good guy mm. yeah great guy and i love him player. love him to death um oh unbelievable i mean like uh what do you say who was the gm for uh quebec nordiques was it uh is it? What we mean, was it when? Back then? Um, okay. Pierre Paget might have been the... Uh, yeah. But it's said, uh, he was the best guy that ever could skate, and this guy was unbelievable. Well, they drafted him before Sackick. He went in the same draft, but he went six picks above Sackick. The Nordiques had two first-rounders that year. He bounced around a lot in the NHL. I know he ended up in the... Uh, Rangers But it's funny because he would be up and down, though. But, like, look, I, I'm looking at it, so... I guess you are too, Mike. So Quebec Nordiques, NHL. So he's a defenseman again, 1990-91. 45 games, uh, 31 yep. points. Yeah. Right, so he's, but he can only play half a year because he was on the booze. He was, you know, and this is, I'm not selling him short. Everybody knows this story. But he would still be going down to the AHL and the IHL and he's toiling. Then he gets back up to the NHL the next year. 20 games, 15 points. Right? He's, yeah. I mean, he's a defenseman. These are great numbers. A prorated, defen- a but he's a defenseman just in the 90s, yeah. too. I mean, there's yeah. only four or five guys putting up numbers yeah. like that then. Exactly. And Paul Coffey, Rob Blake, uh, too. And apparently, you know, early on, he was, but, but you know, I, 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 I don't want to. There's a fine line between, like, knocking someone, and, 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 and that's not what we're trying to do. And I'm sure the listeners realize that. 
I just want to bring him the light because I always found him. He's one of the biggest mysteries in sports. I found Cirque with with his numbers, yeah. and there was even when he was getting sent down, like. You know, you must need, he, again, he's putting up numbers that would qualify for the Norris Trophy, and he still can't bank a full year. It's a sad story for anybody that, that wants to look into it. It's it's worth checking out. There's some great articles. I think Stephen Brunt wrote one a few years ago. It's a great song written about him, too, called The Land is Wild. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the, where I started diving and reading about yeah, it. Yeah, okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, so, Cirque, and moving on from that. So, North Bay, you go 12 games. I assume that was a trade, and then you play with the Marlies. Um, which was a junior team. Oh, the, the Marlies is one of my best stops of all time. Really? Really? And I got a, and I got a great story for you. Okay. I, I've been always wanted to uh, tell this story, and uh, you guys will appreciate it. Is uh, I, I played my old rage year, so I'm 20, with mm-hmm. the uh, Toronto Marbles. We're owned by the infamous Harold Ballard. Beautiful. Wow. And I played with two first rounders, uh, Rob Semeta and Chris Goverderis. We had two oh, first yeah. round picks that year. I watched you remember them. those names? Well, I, I remember. I watched them the next season with the Saint when the Saint John's Maple Leafs came here in nineteen ninety one, which would have been the next season or the season after. Um, they both played in the American League, and I watched them. Yeah, they're they're names I remember well. <clears throat> oh yeah, those guys are uh, big time, but. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm just a small-town kid from, uh, like I said, Sudbury, Coppercliff. Yeah. And uh, we came home from a road trip one night, and it was team pitchers the next day. We, I don't know where we were, Peterborough or Sioux. I don't know. It was a late road trip. And our coach, Terry Martin, said, hey, guys, if you're going to – you live so far out, uh, just stay here at Maple Leaf Gardens, sleep. And then we'll have our team pitchers the next morning. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Wow. So about about five or eight of us stayed. It was like Christmas morning. We stayed in the locker room, and we heard the door close. The coach is gone. GM, everyone's gone. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you had free run of the place. this can't miss. I mean, this is, uh, I've told this to Terry Sr., and he loves the story. So after the, all the doors closed, we're like, ooh, okay, everyone's waking up. And so I slept the night in Maple Leaf Garden. Oh, man. Wow. And and we're all up. well, what would he do now? So I don't know if it was uh, Sameta or somebody and say, hey, let's break into one of those luxury boxes up top. There's, <laughs> there's beer in there. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. So, of course, what do we do? We sneak up. We break into one of the luxury boxes. Of course, well, it's, it's like a golden nugget. There's beer there. And we sat and drank beer. Wow. Cold as dark. In Maple Leaf Gardens, and then we're getting loud, and then a bunch of junior players too. What a novelty! And then some, or somebody says, "Hey, we we can't wake the old man up because Harold Babbler lived in Maple Leaf Gardens in the bunker." Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, he had a little bunker there on, on the gold section. We knew exactly where it was, and he was like, "And we're getting loud, and we're drinking," and he goes, "We can't wake the old man up." (laughs) <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so, 
so we sat and drank beer all night long, way up in the top. And uh, we had probably an hour sleep or two hours sleep, and then we had our team pictures oh, with God. the Maple Leafs. And uh, his uh, his dog, he had his dog too. I forget about that dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next next morning we woke up. And we had our team pictures, but we slept the night <laughs> Maple that Leaf is, Garden. That's that's a that's an honor that very few people not named Howard Ballard had. Uh, if he knew about those beers, he'd probably just charge you the the regular price for them for sure. You guys were getting you getting, oh, getting dinged for twelve bucks a pop at that point. He, oh, he probably wanted a tip on top of it. That, that guy. <laughs> Actually, he'd probably think of a hotel fee to bill you for staying the night there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I said, there's about eight of us that slept the night in Maple Leaf Gardens, and nobody can have that story. That's ever. something. That's fantastic. And so, listen, uh, that is Cirque, and uh, that's a first for me. We've had a lot of beers, and I never heard that story. Um, so, Maine Mariners. What happens? Who did you sign with? Like, how? Do, what was your? I mean, uh, you, you also must have. Hit pro against the odds. I mean, you you, you played junior two two hundred sixty eighth overall. You make it. So now, you know, I, I can't remember like who scouted you. Where did that come from? Did you think you were going to play? Like, uh, you know, how was your first season? All that shit. Well, my first year pro, uh, I got a uh, thirty game tryout for in the minors for the Maine Mariners. My first camp was the Boston Bruins. Oh, and uh, by the way. Ray Bork is a house. I ran into him my first <laughs> training camp, and he didn't move. <laughs> I was on my arse. I was on my arse so fast. So, but I had a thirty-game tryout in the minors for oh, Boston, that's, that's, so I knew I was. I knew I was going to get sent down. Of course, right? Yeah. And then uh, Rick Rick Bonus was our uh, head coach. So you weren't guaranteed shit, other than thirty game tryout in the minors. That's wow. what I had. I, and Fantastic. Then I ended up uh, signing a uh, you played the a full uh, full deal for the next day. I was making twenty four five. I think. Wow! <laughs> in the American Hockey League, that's a, that's also a t- I mean, yeah. You know, there was. You weren't really if you weren't get you you had the thirty game trout, it must have gone all right, Cirque. You played the whole year and then you you know, you were pretty much IHL or AHL for the next bunch of seasons. Uh what what was the turning? But when yes. did you know that you had made I mean, I say made it because like if you're in the A or the I, it's a really good uh, I try to explain to people, you know, you often don't hear about those guys because of the NHL and the fame that goes with it and the sold out build buildings in the big cities. But the IHL, for example, at the time, even the A, like, you know, you're you're playing in these cities, and, and you know, well, twenty-four-five is not a lot. I'm sure you got more than that later on, but you know, even so, you're getting paid as a twenty, twenty-one-year-old, no matter what it is. You know, most of the shit's taken care of. You're professional. You're visiting cities. I often said to people, I'm like, you know, don't under uh, or kids that are playing in the A or the East Coast League. I'm like, don't underestimate the time here. I know you want to get up, but Cirque, you you put in a good career in the A and the I. So, um, yeah, when nineteen ninety-one, you go to Indianapolis. Did you like, sign? Yeah, so. yeah, but you know, get back a little bit to uh, Maine. Uh, my roommate, first pro roommates were uh, Stefan Quintel. Oh my God, I played Bob Beers. Wow, Bobby Beers, Todd Lalonde, and myself. The four of us lived together 
on the ocean in Old Orchard Beach, Maine. I mean, the four of us lived together. That is beautiful. I, mean, I didn't realize Stephane that. Uh, and I do. Yes, yeah. Q, Q played in Montreal with me, and I, I once in a while when I go back to Montreal, it, I run into him. Um, he's got some job with the NHL now. I forget what it is. I was I sat with him on the plane last year. Anyway, I, I'm rambling, but uh, no, he's a good fella. I didn't realize that, and and I mean, look at these Ray Newfeld, uh, Newfeld, uh, Gord Cruikshank, oh, Ray Newfeld, Graham was, Townsend. I'm, you got some characters. Oh, huge characters. Bruce Shoebottom. Bruce Shoebottom. See, I've only heard I mean, stories we, about these guys from you, but uh, and a few others. But I heard these guys are just characters. Like, there's not many like that like them left. Jeez. Well, I'll tell you, and you know, times have changed. But I remember, uh, I was scared shitless as a rookie because uh, we had this guy Paul Baraldo. He was about third, third year, fourth year. He liked to stir the pot with the rookies and. Uh, We'd have our morning stretch during the game, and and he would always say, "Oh, Doctor Bombay is showing up, Doctor Bombay," and that's for whatever reason, it's going to be a rookie initiation. <laughs> so I know it's my my time's coming up, and Baraldo's talking his shit, and. He says, Dr. Bombay is going to show up today. And of course, at the end of practice, I got tied to hockey sticks like wait. Lord Jesus. No, they no. tied me. No, wait, wait. In the room? Yes. <laughs> Come on. That's this. That, <laughs> like a, cru- that right like there a crucifixion? That shit would you, oh my God, can you imagine? Everybody in the organization would get fired today if that happened. Everybody. Everybody yeah. in the rink would get fired. Even the fucking Zamboni driver if yeah. something like that happened today. Well, what? Tell Poor me what happened. Gord, the Zamboni <laughs> driver. Yeah. Hey, oh. it's it. We're guilty by association. Tell me oh, how this doc, fucking Dr. happened. Dr. Bombay, Dr. Bombay shows up. Oh, fuck. Jesus. I'm like, okay, it's my call. I know it because, uh, we had Graham Townsend, Yarmo Kekalainen. Oh. Uh, we had all the rook, all the rookies prior to that, and then I knew. So you're cutting in and out. Are you there, Terry? I yep. am now, but we couldn't hear the last thing you said. I lost you for a bit. You there? Yeah, I'm here now. Yeah, we're here. Can yeah. can you hear us? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Bombay shows up, and, oh, jeez. So, now, is this, so is, this a, I couldn't even... is this a physical doctor, or is this just an alter ego of a guy? Yeah, it's an alter ego. Okay, all right. We don't even know who he is, but uh, <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I'm like, okay. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't like, so, I don't like where this is going. And, yeah, practice, and, and then they put together, like, a crucifix with that. Uh, yeah, yellow hockey tape. They take me to this freaking cross. Oh man! And what to come? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a situation I'd never want to find myself in. Well, not not to be crucified. I, I hope that won't happen. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, I don't like that. So you can't do anything, and you're just exposed. I can't do anything. I'm naked. Oh god! And oh god! Of course, they want to. You missed that part earlier. Ball, right? What? 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 Yeah, they shaved your nuts. So, they, so 
of course, they're like, okay, we'll we'll take it easy on Sir because we like him. He fights and he's with the team. And everything. We won't touch his hair. But of course, they shaved my balls with a a dull razor. Oh, oh God, that's that's the kicker. And had it been ten years yeah. later, everybody would have been shaving their balls anyway, so they wouldn't have had anything to do. This yeah. this was like the end of that porn era. <laughs> You know that that it was yeah, still cool dull, to have jungle down there. A dull, dry razor. Oh that's no, that's some irritating skin. Uh, Timo Solani. I've been reading his book uh, recently, and their Doctor Bombay was uh, Randy Carlyle. So anyhow, Randy Carlyle was the guy. This is an old trope in that era of hockey, that bygone era that rookies got shaved. Now. They shaved yeah, every cookie. What's the, what's the yeah. cookie or something. They shaved yeah. every hair on these guys. So Timu comes over as a rookie and he says, "I'm not doing this. There's no way, no hell." He's leaving the rink at, uh, during training camp camp without even showering. Like he's getting out of there, and he never he he avoided it all year. Finally, the GM, who I believe was John Pollock at the time, was like, "You know what? There's one guy we can't." Sh-. He got off to a hot start. It's like you can't shave Timu. But he held like Timu even mentioned in the book. He's like, you know, it got awkward when I uh, when he became the coach of the Ducks, <laughs> and he was with the Ducks. He's like, the first question I had in the sit down with him was like, "You're not going to try to shave me now, are you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that stuff happened today, I mean, there, I mean, I don't know what the statute of limitation is, but <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, ten years. And I knock my teeth out and. Uh, that's the only way I could tell it in the book without being sued. <laughs> so I, I, I assume it's the same sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's true with a hammer. I claimed it was insurance. That's all the book insurance. came out when it did. Wasn't yeah, exactly, it? the book came out just over ten years after. So, it was so, a juicy chapter. Yeah, but so yeah. Tell me, that, so is that, that it, how did it end though, sir? Mayor, that so was you're, my you're, welcome to pro hockey. That's what I got. But you're sitting there now, taped to this thing, and they shaved you. Now, what happened after that? Are you fend for yourself, or like who cut you out of there? I've heard of oh, stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, they, they cut me loose, and then they're like, okay, we like surf, blah, blah, blah. You know, some of the people there were really hard on. And uh, like I said, Yarmo, uh, Yarmo, Kekalainen, it was me, Yarmo. Oh, I, 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 you'd have, you got it up on their hockey DB. I don't know all the rookies, but, uh, and yeah. How were you with rookies after, after that? that? When, you, when you became a veteran, how were you with rookies? Actually, I was nice to them because I go. knew what I went through. You know what's funny, Cirque? And, uh, you chirped a lot in the dressing room, but as an eyewitness, it was always the vets. To be honest, you, you, you know, oh, in, yeah. in a good way, like you were more, you carved people. But like, you know, think of Colorado Springs. You know, we had Zach Boyer, myself, Craig Lyons, Gilly, Jason Knox, like guys who had who had been around and played a little bit. And those are the guys you would chirp. I don't remember you chirping. Uh, like Greg Eisler or or any of the younger rookie guys, and that's you know that that's, no, that's noticed. I, I knew what that position was, but uh, uh, I always like to be nice to people, so uh, that's probably my line of work today. But uh, yeah, that's good. that was uh, the Mariners, and then I uh, went and I signed with uh, three years with uh, Chicago after that. Okay. Oh. Now wait. So this is my favorite story comment, but I'm assuming this is the stint that you were in Chicago. But anyway, so first of all, before I get to the infamous warm up, um, how did you like Indianapolis? Yep. Their farm team was Indianapolis. How did you like it? You were there for two years. Loved it. I what a so. great city. I mean, 
as far as a sports city, I mean, obviously they love their basketball, but uh, the basketball, Formula One racing, oh, yeah. we got to go to the racetrack. I mean, it, it, it's a really good city. Um, and get back to uh, Chicago, I uh, a story about my whole career, 17th, 268th overall. I'm the last guy invited to Chicago's training camp. My agent, Harry Francis, whatever, he said, okay, I got you a try. I'm like, I'll go. So I go through whole training camp. I had probably 15 roommates. Wow. By the end of training, by the end of training camp, it's me and Jimmy Waite left in the hotel. <laughs> just fellas, just fellas getting caught hand over me. Yeah. That's great. I played with Jimmy in St. John's. How, how, so, so you guys are, are, are in the hotel, and then what? Yeah, so, well, before that, back up, I uh, got into a boat uh, with Steve Thomas. Yeah, Stumpy. Oh, okay. uh, you know, you know uh, uh, what's his name? Stumpy. Stumpy, yeah. Stumpy. He was here last uh, April. <clears throat> yeah, Stumpy, and he hits me behind the net. I can know in the old Chicago Stadium, and I'm like, "What the Ooh. fuck are you doing that?" So I just unload on him. I can see you guys having and, a good uh, fight. <clears throat> yeah, I unload on Stumpy. Poor Stumpy, I beat him bad, and I'm just a rookie because no one knows me. And we end up in the shower together. <laughs> oh, Chicago Stadium! <laughs> <laughs> he's he's washing his hair. He goes, "Holy fuck! I got lumps all over me, sir." <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, you often shake hands, but I, I always found that weird too in training camp. How you can it's inevitable like people are going to fight and then they're going to have the shower together at some point i guess you can avoid it but you know it's a communal yeah. shower anyway anyway so how did how did the rest of well, coco we had the commuter shower and uh <laughs> and i to this day i could see it he's washing his hair he goes, i got lumps all over my head i'm like well and i and i was like well i'm sorry steve no 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 you're all good you're trying to make it, but trying listen, to get a job here, Steve. Is that how? Yeah, basically that is what you were trying to do. Yeah. Did you sign? So did you sign after that then, or like did you, were you you weren't signed so, in camp, right? So yeah, so we go back. Uh, Randolph uh, Hotel is owned by the Wirtz family, and I'm just walking around. I go around town and try to kill time. Grab the. Uh, Chicago Sun or something, and then I, and then I push the up button to go up to my room, and whatever four it was, nine or eight or ten, and who's in there? Mike Keenan. Oh, oh. So him and I are in the uh, elevator together, and I haven't signed yet. And I just get in there and like, I'm so scared, like a little boy. And he looks at me, he goes, you're a lefty, eh? Huh. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, yes, sir. I guess today I was and got off on my floor and went to my room. 
So, Cirque, I'm going to allude, I guess, at this point, you being in Chicago during that time. You've always told me a story about getting called up and, you know, the the warm-up and all that. So, is this during the time, like, I don't know when it is on the trajectory of your career here. I'm just looking at at your hockey DB, but the stories you've told me, I didn't ever know which order to put them in. I knew you played a long time. I didn't know Kansas City, for example, happened after Rochester and so on and so on and so on. So, with the Chicago... Can you tell that story first of all? And was that in the midst of this particular time you were in Indianapolis? Yes. Uh, well, I was a left defenseman. I, I play. I'm, of course, I'm a, a tryout, right? Yeah. Signed everything. Last guy in camp. Last guy in the hotel for the whole training camp. Cam Russell, Ryan McGill are all sent down, and Jeff Circus here in the hotel. Wow. So, you know how it goes, Terry, politically and stuff. You you fall into an era where, okay, it, we're going to promote this guy, this guy, this guy. I was like third on the list. However, I get called up that year, 10 days. 10 days I get called up in the same hotel, Randolph, I think it is, and Christmas time. And God bless them. You know, the old phone, you know, you remember, Terry, when uh, you go to the hotel room and there's that red light flashing, you got a message. Yeah. 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 So I get called up from Indianapolis to Chicago and I come into my room and there's a red light flashing. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll dial the number and hello. And... It was a message from Chris Chelios. Wow. He said, Jeff, I know you're the only person at the hotel. I'm having a party tonight. Be ready at 6 o'clock. There'll be a cab waiting for you. Wow. What a fucking message. Yeah. And I was just like, what the hell? How many curses were in it for Chelios? How many F-bombs were in it? Yeah, no, it was it was nice and sweet. And oh, okay. so sure enough, I I was down there waiting, and sure enough, this Chicago yellow cab pulls up. Are you Jeff? I'm like, yep. Brought us to uh, his house, big old catered meal and everything. Oh, it's unbelievable. Nice, very nice. Not bad from a kid from Coppercliff. No kidding. <laughs> well, and and so far, so everything everything's going well. Is that when you uh, got to throw on the jersey? And get out there with the boys? So, so yeah, Chelly, the reason why I got called up, Chelly had a neck injury. And uh, I warmed up. Back, back when, back when you could have throw parties when you were on the IR. Anyway, keep going. <clears throat> so, real-time NHL game, NHL Chicago Stadium. This is the biggest theater of all. I'm warming up against Philly. So you get oh. called. So you're out there. You're putting on your gear. It's it's NHL. You're going. Holy fuck! Like kid from yeah. Copper Cliff. Now you know you, it's one thing to get a phone message from Chris Chelios. It's another thing to be in the room throwing on an original six jersey, a pump an arena. Yeah. Right. Like you must be the adrenaline and the nerves and the butterflies. I mean, what was that like, Cirque? 
the nerve and anxiety was going through the roof. I'm looking at Shell Samuelson, six seven, <laughs> six, Rick Rick Tockett, Marty. I'm like I was I, actually I was uh, eyeing up Marty Dalman. He's uh, about six foot five eleven, five ten. I was eyeing him up. I'm like if I'm in the lineup, I'm going to go get him. Oh yeah, and uh, I, love I mean, oh. Who uh, who's Dave Brown? I mean, Jesus, Crimey! Oh, oh God, he's one who, of the toughest ever. Who? Oh, one of the he will put you to sleep in a minute. Yeah. So I'm like, who am I going to fight? So I was eyeing up that uh, Marty Dalman, and uh, I get a healthy scratch from, uh, of course, from that game. And so you got, but the, I went up. <laughs> you got to warm up, right? You got to warm up in the NHL at yep. least. You got to go out yep. there and take in exactly, the warm-up. I wasn't, I wasn't like you. You got to at least play, but I didn't. Well, yeah, I did for yeah, a little tiny bit more than you. But uh, still, I mean, that's I love that, Cirque. I love that you got to – I don't know one other person that got to warm just up in the, the NHL and, and just never had played. the warm-up. So you're right. Like, you can't possibly get any closer. <laughs> I can say, like, I signed and I got hurt or, you know, I got scouted and then I got into the booze or I can say – you know, you 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 you're, you're a player. You, you you might get homesick and come back, and uh, lots of things could say to somebody. You know, I I almost, almost was there, did it. but and you know, you can say, oh, you were just right there, man. But really, really, Jeff Circa is the closest that I That's know. It. He got to the National Hockey League warm up, and it just so the way the cookie crumbled. Yeah, he was a scratch that night. You One got, thing led to another. Never got, got back up three it, years later in Colorado <laughs> Springs with me at Old Chicago's making. You know, minor league money. You've got 18 I, minutes between warm-up and the puck drop. Yeah. That's yeah. what you've got. I know. Yeah. I, I was so close. And I ran into Chelly years ago in uh, Las Vegas at a mutual gathering. I said, Jesus, criminy, Chelly, could you just not pull the shoot for one game? <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I can't go tonight. Like, I just can't go. Why is that? No, yeah. I, I just can't yeah. go. That makes it even uh, better for me, though, sir. You can't go tonight, Charlie. Let the kid from Coppercliff play one freaking game. <laughs> I like the fact, I like it that you, that you did that. It's so unique that I don't I think there's like another guy out there. Yeah, I don't they, think you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I've never heard of it, and I've thrown this story out to all kinds of people at all kinds of levels that played all kinds of hockey, and still nobody brings it up to me. And all those levels of separation, no one's ever said to me that they know a guy that got up for warm-up in the NHL and never got into it's a almost, game. It almost got to be a, like a, a footnote in uh, it Ken's be, one night only. It, it, yeah, like, yeah it, like, you know what? Fuck, that's right. Ken yeah. Reed will have a book on it soon. He'll, he'll <laughs> find them. He'll find, like, if he'll, find, if he he'll finds, find another dozen guys yeah, who've done it somehow. Um, sir, said, it, you know, it, it's like your first girl that you loved in high school, and you're just about to yeah. have a sex, and then she says no. <laughs> it's just like that. It's like, yeah, literally being right there, though. Close off and that happening. <laughs> right? I, see, I see Dominic Hasek was on uh, one of those Indianapolis teams with you for 33 games. Oh, what was he like? Because I've heard some stories uh, mostly of like weird, superstitious stuff about the Dominator. Uh, did you get to spend any time well, with him? Well, Mike, uh, it, it's Mike, correct? No, this is Charles, but. I've been called worse. Charles, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Mike. But anyway, Charles, I'm a little offended um, by it, but it's okay. If you, look, if you look at that team, our Indianapolis, our two goalies were Dominic Hasek and Jimmy Waite. And 
I helped ASIC put his electric bill together and everything. He, he lived across the hallway from me. I did everything for him. Wow. Wild. Geez, Warren Reichel was and, on your squad. 338 penalty minutes. Anyway, keep going. Sorry to cut you off on it. <clears throat> and uh, I love Hatchie. He's a great guy. And uh, he always, uh, he was really weird. He just kept to himself, and uh, and at the end of practice, he would line people up on the uh, blue line, and he would say, "Put them at my head." <laughs> yeah, okay, I've heard that's the, yeah, I've heard that one. Of, uh, yeah, shoot at my yeah. head. Yeah, put them. Sir, my- would they have been? Oh, sorry to cut you off, Chuck. Yeah. Would they have been the best goalies that you played with? I mean, it's hard to get much better. Well, well you're, not, you're not getting I better mean, than Hasek, so I know that answer. But Jimmy Wade, I mean, who else would you have played with in the between the pipes that are that legendary? He would have warmed up on Belfour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Jimmy Wade, Jimmy Wade was our backup. I mean, how how bad? Yeah, I've known and then we lost to Fort Wayne in the first round, game seven. Oh, really? Jim. And they had the likes of uh, Killer Kaminsky. Chris McRae, who I used to fight all the time. Oh, I hated playing Fort Wayne. Um, and what did you find? So when you went to Rochester, then you were in those, in those days, the IHL and the AHL were considered the same level. I found it different, though. I played on both sides. So did you. What did you find the transition to the American League like in 92, 93, 93, 94 specifically? Because you went Rochester, Portland, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh, I thought that the American League was still tough, and you, you at least had a uh, flicker of life left in your uh, pro career. True. The IHL. When you're in the I- yeah. When you're in the IHL, yeah, you're done. You know, you, you got an extra rung to get back to the AHL as opposed to going from well, the like, I. It was funny because it was considered the same level, Cirque, right? But. And, and the IHL was good. I think if the champions were to play each other, it might be close, or the IHL might even win. But the IHL was more like guys on the way down, I found. Like, each team had four or five guys that had already been up that got great contracts in cities like Orlando or Houston or wherever it might be. And whereas the AHL was most of the uh, affiliations lay over there. There were some affiliations in the I, but I just found it different. I found the I had, like, three or four real tough guys so like in but in warm-up like people were talking about hey where are we going after for a beer like you know but it, it wasn't quite that way in the a the a it was like everybody finished their hits there were still some tough guys but i found the and in the eye back then you were flying everywhere in the a you weren't right you were in the a when i was like right around that time you know you're in rochester i'm guessing Cirque, you drove most of your play i remember in freddie we drove everywhere right there was there, there weren't these teams all over the west well I, uh, people always say, uh, you know, when I played in the American League and, and the I, uh, the I, we flew everywhere in the American League. I'd rather be on the bus because you got to get in there, go to the back of the bus, take your clothes off, sit in your underwear, yeah. and play cards all night long and dish cards and gamble all night long. I remember I was talking to uh, my buddy who's coming in here on Tuesday, Todd Nelson for the uh, Dallas Stars. And we loved being on the bus. 
I never understood, to be honest, why people like the plane, Cirque. I used to go, like, people were like, oh, fuck, great, we got a plane. I'm like, what? Like, you, you could literally just put on your fucking pajamas, on the way, whatever you want. You know, you got a seat to yourself. The boys are playing cards, beers everywhere, right? Like, I found it way more relaxing. Like, we're, we're going to be in a vehicle going somewhere. Why not relax, right? I, I think a lot of people just like the novelty of the plane. Yeah, from Portland, Maine to Sherbrooke or, oh, it was a beautiful trip. And I remember, and I, I, I just tell her, I texted my buddy, like I said, uh, Nelly, and uh, we loved it because uh, it'd be 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning. We had a little separate drop-off where we would uh, meet the wives in the morning, and it'd be 9 o'clock in the morning, and we're drunker than a skunk. <laughs> How about after? So, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So it's Rochester, Portland. Jesus, sir. Just you, say, he played with Olaf Kolzig in those teams. So great goalies kind of always ended up on his team. Olaf Kolzig and uh, Tommy Salo was there as well. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Oli. Oli and I were roommates in Portland. Oh. And we got snowed in. Moncton, New Brunswick. <laughs> we got snowed in. Wow. And it's about a week long. I mean, it was bad. Um, a week we long of a snow-in? Pardon me? A week long for a snow-in? That's a big one. Oh, yeah, we were there. It was, it was a big, massive snowball, so... We were sitting there in Moncton, New Brunswick, me and Oli, but the hotel ran out of food and beer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> which came first, be honest, which they run out of first? <laughs> no, <laughs> probably the beer. Sir, <laughs> <laughs> can you remember that? So, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Oli Kozik, one of the best guys of all time, Vezna Trophy winner. Yeah, him and I were snowed in together. And uh, uh, there's a lot of other stories, but I won't go there. <laughs> X-Tri City American scored a goal in junior. Oh, yeah. Oli sniped one. Um, but, Cirque, are you on, like, one-year contracts, or did you, did you get traded? You're going, like, in five years, Indianapolis, Rochester, Portland, Denver, Orlando, Kansas City, Long Beach, Utah. Well, not in five. In, in every year, somewhere different. Hershey, Cincinnati, Colorado. It springs every year. Like so, did you enjoy these one-year contracts, getting to see places, or, or one and two-year deals, or uh, was it just circumstance? Well, Kara, I could tell you, every year was anxiety. I just wanted to work another year, another year, another year. Yeah, and uh, I knew every time that trading deadline come around, and it's coming up here in the uh, yeah. NHL season. And I knew it. I'm like, I'm like, why am I always getting traded? Mm. Because I finally came to uh, myself as like, you're everybody wants you, but nobody wants you. <laughs> uh, well, I, Cirque, I can tell you, I know exactly why you were traded. I've often said it. There's all kind. You're you're that consummate professional minor leaguer. So like. 
if there's a huge prospect, they're going to stay with the NHL team or whoever's looking at them, right? They're not going to trade them in the minors. They don't know what they're going to get or even what they're worth. Then you get guys who aren't tradable because no one fucking wants them. Then you get guys like you and Gilly or, and, and that are in the middle. And, and in the minors, you usually weren't affiliated with an NHL team, at least not one that held you... In, in, in their top prospect list, no offense against you, but you're a perfect guy. If your team in the minors isn't doing well, you're you're the first guy that I'd trade because your value is, is a, you know, and, and you have an established minor league value, right? You played eight, nine, ten years in a row in these leagues, all at that IHL or AHL level, which is hard, right? It's, it's still, that makes you one of the top thousand players in the world. Right, but most of those players well, are either not good enough to get traded, or no one really knows what they're going to get for them, or they're big prospects. But you're perfect, right? You know that if I get Jeff Circa, I'm going to get 15 to 25 points, and I'm going to get 200 penalty minutes out of him, right? And those are big things for yeah. the playoffs. It's a solid. It's a solid and, bet. Go ahead. And I will. I will block a shot with my face if I had to. Huh. Yeah. And uh, that's all what I did through my whole career. Uh, you know, going all the way back to our first conversation from Copper Cliffs, 268th overall, all the way up to uh, some of the shenanigan stories that I have. But I'd block a shot with my face. You totally would, Cirque, but you were good in the room too. I'll tell you what kind of a guy Cirque was. So I remember, like, say, I just got to Colorado Springs. I, I knew of Jeff from my friends and everything, Bird Dog being one of them. But I didn't know him. But I remember, like, going around in the room, and he had, like, cards for everybody at uh, for, like, uh, free tires or whatever it was at, at the Goodyear or whatever it was. He made sure everybody was taken care of. And then when we go on the road, I remember I went to use my phone, and you're like, hey, 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 no need. Can you remember in Phoenix that mysterious phone on the wall? You're like, pick that up between 5 and 7, and you can just make a long-distance yeah. call. I was like, how long have you been in the fighters? And what's <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you did. I, mean, I was like, so sure enough. And we used it at the whole fucking season. And you told yeah. me you'd been doing it for years. <laughs> you know yeah, there I'm was doing. that mystery phone. There was a mystery phone <laughs> yeah. in the Arizona hotel that we lived. And you can make free phone calls. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you had known about it for like eight years. And I was like, what? And you were, it was always somewhere on the road. And there was another time. I won't mention the guy. I won't because I don't know if he had a girlfriend. He wasn't married, but we, were, um, we went on the road to Boise. I love that city. I ended up playing there the next year. But this is before that. So we went there. It was one of my first times. And we were actually ma- mentioning old Chicago. We, we were having a bite in there and having beers like we always would. And the waitress came over, and she was heavily flirting with you. And you said it, too. You said, no, listen, I'm taken, but I got a friend, and he was going to meet us. And you, you talked him up so much. You talked him up so much, and then when he finally got here, she came over, and she left with him. She said, you know what? Jeff said so much about you that I'd be stupid not to take you out tonight. And the guy ended up getting laid. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. You were that kind of guy, though. You were always taking care of guys, always cutting deals. You always had an angle, and it was usually good. Not always, but it was usually good. Terry, <laughs> if you go back to Arizona, you remember Whitey. Whitey, the old bartender. <laughs> yes, now I do. And I, like, I challenged him. He was giving beers out. We'd known this guy for every road trip on and on and on. And then I finally challenged him. I said, hey, Whitey, 
I said, I'm going to buy the whole fucking bar around the drinks if you show your underwear. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember everything I said, about Whitey, that. Yeah, I said, Whitey, I guarantee you, you got bacon strips on your underwear. <laughs> wow. I don't remember that, but I, I do remember that happening. <laughs> yeah, I said, Whitey, you, I said, Whitey, you show your freaking Whitey tidy. Oh, I God. guarantee you got a little, little poop bacon oh, strip no. on your underwear. Did, and did he? No, and oh, he never great. showed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck. I just remember it happening. I remember it happening, Cirque, because you know what I, you know what I did like about the plane, though, is that there's the cities we were going. Like we, in the A again. I liked if I was going to travel. I liked doing it on a bus. But the cities in the West Coast League. Again, I'm going to Colorado Springs here the year with the, the, the mysterious phone in Phoenix and on and on. So, but but Cirque. Um, Oh, Jesus, where was I going? I got to fetch that. I got to fetch that in my head. I just forget. Cities, plane. Uh, in plane, okay, plane. Sir, can you remember? Oh, my God. Nice, Chuck. Nice save. Do you remember we were on the plane yep, once? Go, and Charles, I, had, I, yeah, I had never tried gin. And Tom Perry was next to me and Craig Leo, Alliance. You're there, and we yep. were having a good time. We were starting to get a little bit obnoxious for a commercial plane ride, to be honest. Uh, they had us all in the back, but we were getting rowdy. So, and I... So I got on this gin, guys, and I, I must have had, I don't fucking know what I had, like six or seven doubles. It was before, it was before, it was right, it was like months, maybe six months before 9 11. Okay. So it wasn't as like, I think we brought in bottles with us. Like, I, I think we had them in our pockets and everything because I got shit faced. I got so shit faced, you could never do that on a plane now. They wouldn't let you. But can you remember? I, oh. got, I got off and you guys were pushing me around like I was a bowling pin, like I was loaded and you were howling. I'm black. I'm going in and out and black. In, I, I, oh, I, that's I, gin for you. I, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And we went outside, though, and I just jumped into the wrong bus. Do you guys remember, like, I ended up, remember that shit? We were going to Bakersfield. Oh, no, we were going to Fresno, and I got on a bus to Bakersfield. I don't know how. I just, because they were in the league. So, I, and I, I woke up, and I was like, fuck, and I went into this truck stop. I was by myself. I had my bags, but only, like, one of them. I didn't have my hockey bag or anything. I had my stick for some reason. I had my one hockey stick with me, and I was halfway to Bakersfield. And I called, and it, like my phone wasn't ringing everything. I called the boys. It could have been Cirque. I don't remember who I called. Zach Boyer or one of you. And uh, yeah, Zach's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, Zach Boyer, another, another good uh, Another name. great dude, yeah. right? One game NHL. Um, uh, Zach looked around. Anyway, I could hear him on the phone. He goes, jeez, T-Bone's not here. I'm like, no, I'm not here. I'm talking to you on the fucking phone. Where are you? <laughs> and they're like, we're in Fresno. <laughs> so you guys didn't even realize it. And I got all shit fit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was the most... It was, I mean, I blacked out a few times, but this was like, I must have walked around, like putting together, there's blackout and then you pass out, right? Yeah. But I blacked out and then I must have walked around the airport. Like apparently I didn't even look, well, I was loaded, clearly, but I could gather no my No cause thoughts. for concern to the yeah, general I guess. public. I, yeah, it's the weirdest thing ever. I woke up on yeah. a bus to Bakersfield. Very cause for concern. Did you make it to Fresno? Oh yeah, I made well, it to Fresno. I, I did. No, I got a cab, got her paid for it. Wow. Yeah, our, our coach. Yeah, I remember going into the airport, a duty-free, getting a couple of bottles of wine. We didn't even have a cork uh, screw to pull the... Uh, no, we used a knife, didn't we? Someone a had a cork. pocket knife. Yeah, no, we 
we punched the uh, cork yeah. through the uh, bottle of wine, and we sat there and back and drank it up. Yeah, I, re- I remember that shit. I remember doing it often, like, in the air, like, like taking a bottle and drinking it. I mean, I guess it's 20 years ago now. Fuck, that's crazy. But, you know, I, I do vividly remember that. Like, you know, we used to sit there and, and buy beers, and, like, as we were waiting for the flight to take off, not everywhere, but a lot of places, and just be drinking them. And there would be a bar right there. I mean, imagine doing that today, oh, right? Yeah. No one even really give a shit, but it was back when they'd serve you food, and there was knives and forks and all that shit on the plane. Uh, yeah, yeah, cutlery. <clears throat> Canadian cutlery, and then uh, yeah. Now, oh yeah, and, and, and remember, remember, oh, remember Gilly on that trip, and he had like mustard all over his shirt, and he he lost his bag, and he had one shoe. Oh, it was horrible. That that whole trip, whatever happened, we had a game delayed. I don't remember why, Cirque, but we. Can you remember that? And Jerry Fredrickson forgot all the jerseys in San Diego. It was. Everything. It was a comedy of errors, but wow. the cities we were in were Long Beach, Fresno. We ended up going to Bakersfield at the end of the trip. That's why I, I guess my mind was mixed up. Uh, we had San Diego. What a fucking spot that is, it was guys. The and goals. What, what a place. Yeah, we always stayed in the same hotel, and it was mid range, but it was around a few cool bars. There was an In and Out Burger across the street. Nice. Uh, lizards running around everywhere. La Quinta. What's that? It was La Quinta. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's and a you questionable name for a hotel, you, but okay. You always knew. Yeah, you're right, though. But you always knew where to go to, Cirque. When we went on those trips, like, it was my first year in that league. So, like, places like San Diego are just awesome. But to, I remember, like, having three beers and Cirque whispers to me, let's get to Tijuana. I'm like, where's Tijuana? I didn't know. I had no idea. We were right on the border. And he's like, no, 20 minutes away. Wait till you see that place. <laughs> oh, fuck. And that, that's another story. But a wily vet always helping me out. Now, listen, we're going on and on and on. And you know what? That's what it's all about, though. What about how do you enjoy life now as a police officer in Denver? And have you ever had to use your gun? Oh, well, hang on one sec. Uh, so through all my whole travels, I end up in uh, Denver. Mm-hmm. Denver Grizzlies. Probably... The best team. If you, Charles, look it up. Look at our team. We had the best group of guys of all the time. Is that where Zygmunt Pulfy was on your team? I saw, I thought. Yes. Butch Goring didn't even want him on our team because he thought he was the cancer. Wow. We were that good. I mean, he did retire, quote unquote, from the NHL because of a bag skate. He quit, like, on the spot. Because of a bag skate when he was uh, playing with Crosby. Yeah. Norman Rochefort. Norman Rochefort was on the fucking 87 Canada Cup team that Lemieux went shelf. Wow. What's he doing in the minors? Are you kidding me? Yes. Uh, Jamie McClendon. And- yeah, goalies, goalies had a way of finding you. Like, you got Tommy Sallow and Jamie McClendon here. Wow. Oh, two best goalies of all time. <laughs> we We <laughs> tore through. The whole IHL, we tore it through. We went 52, 20, and 6. Is that not correct, Charles? Uh, Check it out. I'm looking here. Hang on just a second. 52. It's on my ring. It's on my uh, IHL ring. 52, 20, and 6. It's 57, 18, and uh, 6, it looks like. 57. Yeah, 57, 18, 0, and, uh, 0 and 6 is what go. I'm Have seeing another here. beer, Cirque. You're off again. So, uh, Steve Junker. Oh. Derek fucking Armstrong was on that team. Yeah, look at that. 
Derek, yes. Derek Armstrong is a wicked Gordon's minor league. Gordon's a fourth-line center. Wow. Andy Brickley, best color man in the NHL. What the fuck was Gordon doing in the minors? Wow. Yeah, Gordy, Rochford, Brickley. Wow. Uh, See, that's what I mean about Kip the Miller. IHL, though, right? The IHL was like that. They would never have played in the AHL, even though it was the same like talent level and everything. Like I said, there was some. That's those are those speak right to our point earlier about how the I was different than the A. Norman Rochefort would never have fucking played in Fredericton after his career, but he would play in Denver. Yeah. <clears throat> fuck after that, Kip, those circuit. Kip Miller. Kip Miller, yeah. Um, but listen, Orlando. What a city that is. So you, without skipping over Denver, if you got some great stories, be sure to let me know. But Orlando, I mean, tell me about your oh, experience. Oh, you don't talk about that Orlando much. Was, Orlando was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, that's where I uh, got engaged to my beautiful wife since past. But uh, uh, we would, me and Craig Duncanson would go to the morning skate day of a game and we would uh, have our change of clothes. We go to the morning skate and we wouldn't even sleep. We'd go play golf. <laughs> oh, beauty. Uh, that's why, that's why you're playing in Orlando, man. I love it. That's a great, <laughs> and not, not to, uh, I got to mention that you were there. I got to mention this Craig Fisher who had 74 goals oh. that year. So my I'm, God. Oh, my God. What a magician. I've, I've often said that, Cirque. Now, listen, I always thought that guy was incredible, right? And I'd only see highlights, and I'd only talk to people like yourself that played with him. And they tell me how good he is, and he was. Oh. Someone, someone like I compare him to is Frank Bannum. Frank Bannum had 75 goals in a year in the, in the, in the WHL. He scored at every level. He played in the NHL, and he, he, they only gave him like eight or nine games. It didn't make much sense. Same thing with Craig Fisher. How did he not play longer up top? I'll never know. But 74 goals in one season in the eye. I mean... You know. So, I got another good story about that. And uh, our coach was uh, Kurt Fraser. Oh, yeah. Remember Kurt? Yeah. One of the toughest guys that would probably ever walk around. Yeah. But he would get so mad. Because in the corner of our locker room, it was Craig Duncanson and, oh, shit, uh, he's a coach right now. Uh, He's a right shot. I forget his name. But they would be uh, playing crib in between periods. In between periods? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, Moose, Moose. His nickname was Moose. I forget. He was my uh, roommate. But they they would be playing crib <laughs> in the corner of the locker room when uh, the coach would come out. He got so mad at those two people. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's, yeah, that's incredible in the middle of a game. Hey, sir, was Kerry Clark as tough as I hear he was? Scary. We had. Uh, is, this, is this Wendell Clark's we brother? Char- yeah, Car- Wendell's brother. Okay. We had Mike Hartman. We had myself. We had Barry Drager. Oh my God! And I was a middleweight. Oh yeah, we were tough. You were a middleweight, but you could go and you'd throw punches. So you know, you you were 
You are oh, no. you are as as scary as as most. Although some of these guys are next level, Dreger and Clark are next level. It's funny, like every team back then. I say to people, I'm like, every team had guys with two and three hundred penalty minutes, and like eight guys would have over a hundred. Now a hundred leads your team in the NHL, right? It's it's completely now whether that's good or bad. I mean, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying it from that point of view. I just mean like every year I'm looking, Cirque. And you've got some killers. I mean, Kerry Clark is listed as, like, on his Wikipedia page, in the opening sentence, it says, notable as one of the most penalized players in minor hockey history. Yeah. <laughs> Look at his penalty minutes, man. Every year he had two, three hundred, four hundred one year, I think. But he's third on that team. On that on on that Solar Bears team we're talking about, he's third behind Dreger and Hartman. Like, wow. Just, just heavyweights. Cirque, yeah. who would have been... Oh, really? who, who do you think... Give, give me... Give me three guys you played with. No, you, you know what? You can't limit it to three. Give me five tough guys. You don't have to elaborate on each one, but give me the five toughest, in your opinion, that you played with. That's a hard question because every year you're playing with some fucking nut bars. Oh, my God. That's a hard question. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. You know, pound for pound, Kevin Killer Kaminsky. Yeah, man. Fuck, I fought that guy. Holy, and and he, you're, that's a great answer. He reminded me like Aaron Asham, someone like that. What, like you knew you were getting punched, yep. and he wasn't the biggest, but you knew that you were going to take, you were going to take a dozen in the melon, right? You, you this wasn't going to be a wrestling match. Uh, good answer. Yeah. Give me a, Lumps all over you. It's a great answer. Give me a few more. And, and, and you want to elaborate on that, uh, Terry? Yeah. Killer never probably won one fight. I don't think he did. Oh, but he, he oh my many, god, though. he didn't lose many. A lot, but a lot of them were draws. He, he's gonna hit you. Yeah, <laughs> but that that that's to me what yeah, makes him uh, tough, <clears throat> right? There's there's tough yeah. like I never lose, and there's tough like I'm scared of nothing, and sometimes <laughs> the scared of nothing is scarier, and that's Killer Kaminsky. Um, you know, and uh, oh my god. I'm going to bring it back way back is the, uh, the brothers that played for Sherbrooke, you know, Terry, um, Robert, there oh, Mario and Serge Jesus. So they played in the yeah. Newfoundland senior league. Can you believe that before the year before Mario Robert won the Stanley cup? Okay. He played here in the Newfoundland senior league and I'll go further in, in 1996, Cirque, I was called up. From Tri-Cities, you know, you're in junior, but you're drafted, and if your season ends, you're allowed to go to the AHL. So I went up to the AHL, and my first shift, and again, I'm a left winger, my first shift in the AHL was center between Mario Roberge on my left and Serge on my right, and on the point was Jerry Fleming and Craig Rive. The puck dropped, and we put it up. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, and th those are all, all big, big. Jerry Fleming... Six seven two fifty, how you doing? Uh, Craig Rive is. I fought Mario my first year pro. No, okay. And, uh, halt. Did me. okay. Did okay. Uh, he's a killer, Cirque. He's yeah. He's yeah. he's in the same vein of like Killer Kaminsky and stuff. I, I you know, I, I might be. You know, he won a Stanley Cup and he can play. He's better than Serge, but I mean, a killer, Cirque. How did that go? And who started the fucking fight? You're an animal, by the way. No, I went out there and I said, you know, like I said, I'm on a 30-game tryout for the main Mariners. I'm going to go after whoever is there. And 
And uh, I don't know too much about it. It's been so long ago. But, yeah, I fought Mario. I don't even know how it ended out. He probably kicked my butt. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a long time ago. And then, uh, Jesus. Just doing it, Circus Brown. Just, just doing it as Browning points. I mean, and to put this in perspective for the listeners, we've had people on here that are tough guys, for, for lack of a better, you know, they're, they're, they were employed as tough guys. Cirque fought these guys, but we're, we're similar that way, Cirque. Like, I, 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 I'm a middleweight, like I, and I like to fight up, you know, and, and you know, the timing of it. You and I would fight when the team needed it. When there was, but I, I don't put myself in the class of some of those guys that we fought against. And I went, like, Cirque was a good D-man. Right, that that stepped up to the plate and fought guys, but he wasn't um, the guy that went out there and, and you looked down the list and had to fight the goons. He didn't have to fight any of them. It wasn't a thing. If you thought of Jeff Serker, you thought of a good, solid D-man. A lot of the fighting that you did, Cirque, was because you're spunky, you're a good teammate, you're a warrior, but you know you were coming at it what? from an angle of a teammate more than, you know, I want to rack up my penalty minutes. Well, you know, uh, but first of all, I'd, I'd just like to give you a throw out. I know that uh, you wrote your book and all that. I've read it and I've read it time and time again. And uh, we all know your first round and to Montreal and things didn't work out. But I really, really want to give kudos out to you because you are one of the best teammates of all time. And don't fall short of what you can still provide to uh, the community. You, you've done a great job. Well, sir, honestly, I really appreciate it coming from you, not only as, as a leader and a teammate that I really, really am happy I had your respect and I still have it, but as a community leader yourself. Um, you know, and I, I, it's no surprise to me. I was going to get into this. And by the way, I really, really appreciate that compliment because that was number one to me, Cirque. I just wanted to be a good teammate. After that, I figured, you know, a lot of it takes care of itself then, right? And that's why you and I are talking now because we were good teammates. There's lots of people that were on those teams that you played on and that I played on that I'll never talk to again. Um, not because they're assholes. I just mean like we're, we're cut from the same cloth. So that being said and talking about community and everything, you got in. I started to get into it earlier, but we, we strayed a little bit. How do you enjoy being a police officer? And to me, it's natural. It, I don't know if you saw it coming, but I, I no. totally did. And, uh, you know, how do you enjoy it, okay. sir? And, and, and are you still doing it? Uh, Terry, Charles, I don't like to talk a lot about it because uh, we are uh, very grounded people, mm -hmm. and we don't like to share too much about it. Because That's understandable. Whatever reason. But for whatever reason, uh, um, it's really good. I found my calling. That's good. Like I said, uh, when I retired and found this calling, it's uh, it, it's fun. It's fun. I get to help people out that can't help themselves and, uh, you know, take bad people away. Like, I mean, I don't know what else to say. No, that's uh, and and that's that's totally understandable. I, I can uh, I can understand. It, it matches your personality. I think it's great, Cirque. And uh, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna, I was gonna say I'm gonna come down and visit you soon, but I don't want to get I don't want to end this interview before telling one story. So you told me a couple, and each time we're a little bit buzzed because you, you you reminded me in Sudbury 
Weren't you guys, was it with Long Beach that Gilly got skated? And didn't he, I, I, I think he put phone book, he forgot his shin pads or something, he put phone books down there? Yeah. Now, I think, I don't know oh, who, your, yeah. who your coach was, but he was like, hey, whoever had one drink last night down and back, and then you guys went down. Whoever had two I, drinks down. Okay, so tell me that story. I could tell you, first of all, with Gilly, um, we played in Long Beach, and we uh, practiced at another location. <laughs> And Gilly forgot his skates. Okay. Wow. <laughs> skate. His skates. So, oh, yeah. okay. so we're in Southern California at a, at a rink. And Gilly said, I'm nine and a half. He uh, put figure skates on. Oh, wow. Yeah, he put figures. Holy oh, shit. Oh, boy. <laughs> So come on. So, well, <laughs> Jesus, oh, I no. can't skate. And John, I can't even chirp him for John that. Van ba- John Van Boxner <laughs> is our people, coach. He's your coach. And uh, <laughs> our assistant coach is Harpo. <laughs> uh, Hardy. Mark Hardy. Yeah, yeah. So he's our assistant coach. So we're like, okay, well, fuck. You forget your fucking. And then uh, Gilly's giving it to the uh, assistant coach equipment manager why he forgot his skate yeah it's always someone else gilly's giving it to him giving it to him and giving it to him although gilly being a newfoundlander and the team player that he is he goes to the area where you can rent skates <laughs> so <And> they're, <laughs> they're brown <laughs> freaking skates come on figure skates Oh God! So he comes out on the ice. So, I mean, what? What? How did it go? So we did the old, you know, what is it? Three down cycle, three back, whatever. Yeah. How it was? Well, Gilly's got these fucking figure skates on, <laughs> and he goes through the whole practice with these skates on it's unbelievable so, and boxy loved it did he really wow did he really yeah. you guys must have been like i wouldn't be able to stop and knowing gilly's personality i, I don't know man i, I wouldn't have been to stop be able to stop laughing i mean um that's yeah, fucking hilarious it was, it was unbelievable brown figure skates was that the year and his ankles were his ankles were bending and breaking oh he looked like Bambi you know what? He anyway went through, he went he went through the whole practice he was like Bambi on ice anyway, but I'll still say it. Gilly couldn't skate a lick. You look at him play and you'd say, how does that guy play in pro? But at the end of each year, at the end of that year, you guys play the year, there was at least one of them. He had 27 goals, man, and 400 penalty minutes. That's insane. I still say yep. it to people. I'm like, he deserved an NHL tryout after that. And even maybe games. I don't know anybody that had that many goals and that many penalty minutes in one year. I know people that had that many goals, and I know that people that had that many penalty minutes. But to put both of that together, I don't care what you look like. If you look like a water buffalo out there, which <laughs> which he did, um, he could get it done. But now, sir, oh. was that the th- was that was it? You who told me that though when. There was another time that you guys were out, and, and he said, was it Box? Yep. He said, everybody who had one drink down wow. and back. Everybody had two drinks down and back. I, like it, started, it, it kept narrowing itself down. Go ahead. Exactly. John Van Boxer, Mark Hardy, assistant coach. Boxy says, oh, he lines us up at the goal line, down and back. He knew you were out, did he? Down. He goes, anyone that had a beer, 
last night, down and back. Anyone that had two beer, down and back. <laughs> down and back. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fucking lie to this guy. Fuck him. If he wants to do this, I'll do it. And then we get down anybody that had 10 or more <laughs> down and back, and everybody's dropping like flies. <laughs> and now it's just a few left. So, and then they said, anybody had more than 15 down and back? <laughs> oh, fuck. It was me. That's a skate of shame. It was me, Barry Nykar, Adrian Plasvik, and Gilly. Jesus. 22. <laughs> the four of them. And they said, anybody had 20 or more oh. down and back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and you guys skated, and then he he must have lost his fucking mind, or did he like that too? Yeah, Boxy loved it. And then when wow. he got to 20, um, I was puking. Fuck, I'd say. I puked on the ice. In Southern California, I'm like, I can't go anymore. And it was, me, like I said, me, Nightcar. You know, remember Barry? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Adrian Plasvik, great guy. Yeah. Uh, Canadian hockey player, won a medal. But, yeah, there were four of us left at the end. Played in the show, too. Um, yeah. Four yeah. of you left. I mean, and, and, you know, I always hear these stories. I played one game in Long Beach and I got traded to Utah. But um, I loved going on the road there, drinking at the yard house across the street. Um, oh, I love the yard Remember that? And down at Shannon's. Remember Shannon's? That little shitty bar down uh, yeah. about 15 minutes away from the rink. But we would always go there. I, I forget that area. If I was in Long Beach, I could I could navigate my way around, but I just don't know much. Yeah. I know that fish, yeah. Fisherman Bob or something... Ran Shannon's or, or yeah. whatever, whatever his name was, Fisherman somebody. He would take us out when we, you know, we would go on the road, and he would take care of the guys, take us out fishing and for like, wow, yeah, swordfish, Jeez. tuna, anything. It was wild. Um, That's pretty cool. It was. Yeah, I, I remember living on a peninsula, and when I was married to uh, my former wife, I would take my rollerblades down to the bar. I would rollerblade down to the bar and belly up. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Did you ever rollerblade to the rink? <laughs> no, I never did. But, uh, yeah, that that was our uh, time in Long Beach. But, uh, yeah, there was four of us left over from drinking. 20 beer. Imagine, though, that, that just tells you about the different culture. A, that they had the 20 beer. B, that they got skated and people kept skating, admitting the 20 beer. And C, that the coach... Loved quote it. unquote loved it. That's three things that are. are yeah. and I, I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. You know, it, it it was more of like the wild west almost. Like you really had to fend for yourself. But that's what your buddies were there. I think people just hung out more. Um, and, and you know, as a result of all of it, there's good, there's bad. I mean, we can both list examples. But uh, I really, really love those times. I found that those set of circumstances created for a lot of characters. Like a lot of people that you're mentioning to me, Cirque, are real characters um, of the game. Yeah, and they I, are. I think we're starting it, to miss You know that. what I said? I, I didn't want to show my cards too early, but, you know, after he got about 20, I'm like, okay, he really wants to know what I'm all about? All right, <laughs> I'm going to go down and back. <laughs> I'm going to go after 20, I'm going to go down the back, and I ended up puking. 
Wow. I love it, though, because he's, he's seeing that, A, you're honest. You didn't try to – you didn't pull the shoot and say you can't practice, right? There's a, there's a lot I like about that story, too. And, Cirque, we've been on, Jesus, what, an hour and a half. So, Close on, yeah. An hour and a half. Cause so, so, listen, um, we got to take off, but is there any anything you want to add or any story that stands out? Um, you, you know, we'll probably have you back at some point or I'll have you on Tales with TR. Because you, you are a man of many words and many stories. Uh, is there anything, or did you want to give anybody a shout-out or anything before we go? Oh, actually, only a shout-out to, uh, to your old man. <laughs> I met him once, love him to death, and, uh, and just uh, I love reading your book, which was beautiful. Thank you. And that's about it. And by the way, so the audience, so when he says shout out to my dad, he met him once. They did meet once, but they speak on the phone all the time. <laughs> so senior, when senior drinks on Fridays, there's often, what did you used to call it, Cirque? Black wire fever. Am I right? Am I right? I remember that. Yeah. I remember being in the room and Cirque, at the end of the night, he'd, he, one of his eyes would be half shut, a lot like Bird Dog. And you'd be still you're holding yourself up on that last beer. And fuck it, we were going to drink two more beer. It didn't matter. So I'd go up to your room. And you'd say, just wait, I got black wire fever. And you'd just look through your phone or your, your cell phone's route, I guess, but you, um, I don't remember. Well, black wire fever comes from my grandmother. <laughs> um, she always used to call when she got into the vodka. <laughs> and uh, from Sarnia, Ontario, she would call to Sudbury and, and talk to my mom. And uh, the phone would ring, and my dad would always say, Oh, Gloria. Black wire fevers coming up. <laughs> you know, you know what, Cirque? I just thought about it. I got stunted as I because you would, you would do that all the time, and you still do, and I appreciate that. You keep in touch with people, but you know, I guess we had cell phones, but there was no like texting or story. How did you have all those numbers? You would do it all the time. I'm not making this up. Like we would go on the road, Cirque would drink, and like often at the bar, like you would make a phone call. We had cell phones now, but how did you? Like, did you used to carry around a Rolodex or some shit? No, I just remembered uh, my mom and dad's number, and I always wanted to call and say hi, and that's why I call you all the time, but you never answer because you're well, too busy. <laughs> I do here and there. First of all, I answer when the timing's right. If it's Friday night and I'm not drinking and I'm at some function or something or I got a hockey game like last night, well, last night Cirque like calls me in the between the first and second, and I'm looking down. I'm going. I can't answer right now. Why? What? Well, I'm I'm in a hockey rink, and the coach is talking to us. I shouldn't even really have my phone out. <laughs> you know how that goes. But anyway, yeah. I mean, of course, I answer here and there. You, you got to get me at the right time, Cirque. It's so funny. Over the uh, Christmas uh, holidays, Derek Armstrong comes into uh, town. What has he got? Five hundred games in the NHL. Yeah, great player, and now, and, now uh, he works for the Kings, doesn't he? Yes, and we play a uh, tribute game for the cops on uh, a couple Saturday nights ago, and he scores a goal. Best line of all time. He comes back to the bench, and he's playing for our cop team. He goes, Cirque, that would have went in a Mark Tanberger. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a pretty good line. Yeah. I'm stealing that if I ever score a goal. You yeah, won't. he scored a goal, and he said, that's going in on Berder. <laughs> yeah, he could, though. He was a great player all around. I remember him standing out, one of the first players that I really saw in the minors that I was like, wow, this guy's going to get there, and he certainly did. 
Um, you know, the best line I ever heard, Cirque, a guy was giving it to Sheldon Surrey in, in junior. Um, and Surrey had just signed in the NHL and he was sent down for his final year. And this dude, oh God, he was with us, but I'd be, I'd say Jody Lapierre, but I don't think it was him. It was, I, I can't remember names now this, this long later. And this guy was there for just a little bit. He was a rook. But he went up and he tried to fight Surrey and Surrey held him out and goes, wait. And he just looked at him and said, wait. And stared at him and stared at him and stared at him for about eight seconds. And then he said, there, I just made more money than you will all year. <laughs> anyway, buddy, we'll, we'll end it on that. And it was great. Um, it was great talking to you, Cirque. And I will answer next time. Just make sure well, it's a, at a convenient. Uh, next Friday, I'm not playing. Give me a phone call. Okay, we'll do. And thank you very much for at least uh, giving me the uh, courage to come on your show. And Charles, thank you guys very much. Thanks. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. And uh, we'll we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, okay, buddy. Cirque, I want to see you someday in St. John's, Newfoundland, and uh, hopefully I'll get to Denver very soon. Great chatting with you, buddy, and talk soon. See you, Jeff. God love you. Take care. See talk you, soon. Bye. Buying new tools can be a bit of a pain. Sometimes it's something you need for one project, or you just don't have the space to store it. Or even if you do have the space, it can feel like a bit of a waste to have something collecting dust in the basement or shed. The Good Neighbor is a new tool rental app now launching in Halifax and the surrounding areas that's focused on bringing communities together one rental at a time. It's a peer-to-peer system that saves you money by stopping you from buying tools you only need once and makes you money by renting out the tools that are just sitting around in your house. Learn more at thegoodneighborapp.com or find it on the App Store. Oh, and they're Canadian, so they spell neighbor right. So huge th- uh, thanks to Jeff. One thing that started at the beginning of that interview that um, I, I wrote down a story that I wanted to tell that I didn't want to cut Jeff off to tell him about um, is my buddy Joel, who was best man at my wedding. Um, Joel tells this great story about how uh, he doesn't have any kids, but, but he's an uncle. And he was up in New Brunswick um, and uh, his nephew was playing and he was out and he was kind of like skating around with his nephew and showing him some stuff. One of the things he showed him was the can opener. And this kid's like seven years old. And so Joel, Joel shows him how to do the can He's like, this is what you, you know, if you're tied up with someone, this is what you do. And he shows him how to do it. But don't tell anybody I told you that. <laughs> and so the kid's what? playing like what? What's novice Adam at seven? Whatever yeah, it is. He's, he's you novice. know, Tim yeah. bits maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And anyway, he's what? out there on the ice and, and you know, it, there's a big crowd around of all parents and stuff watching the game. Joel's there with his brother and sister-in-law. And, um, He's, he does it to a kid in front of the net, sticks the stick in, gives him a route, gives him the can opener. Kid goes ass up. Um, and everyone's like kind of mortified that this happened. And the kid immediately skates over to the boards and goes, did I do it right, Uncle Joel? And Joel is no longer allowed on the ice wow. with this kid. Like He's not allowed to coach yeah. him in anything. He's not allowed. But like yeah, completely uh, threw him under the bus the second it happened. Oh and boy. When, uh, when Jeff was talking about can openers, I'm like, that's a story I'm going to tell <laughs> Uh, I tell you, Brian McCabe's career struggled greatly when they took that out of the game. <laughs> when they took the can over out of the game, man. Oh, boy. Yeah. He had a hard time with that. Um, but, again, a huge thank you to Jeff for an incredible interview. Uh, obviously, you hear that not only did he have go- like great goalies follow him throughout his career, he had a bunch of great uh, players that he got to play with up and down. Um, and it was really cool to hear. One thing I'm going to... Um, one thing I did want to mention is that during the interview, I noticed uh, an alert came up that future considerations. Whoa, hang on, what? Uh, future is a future considerations. FC is the um, uh, it's a uh, draft ranking site, and they've oh. just updated their rankings. 
And Dawson Mercer, Newfoundland's own uh, recent World Junior gold medal winner. And congrats to the guys. I don't think we actually, we haven't done a show since then. and haven't talked about yeah, it. Yeah, no, we haven't Canada. touched the, uh, t- the Team Canada. Um, but uh, he just moved up. He is now 14th uh, on future considerations. And so in the rankings and the way they've broken down, because I, I, I tracked it and I wrote it down here, um, Dawson has gone from their initial ranking from uh, on June 1st, he was 23rd overall. The November 1st update, he was 19th. Alex Newhook, who went 16th overall last year, his initial ranking was 16th. He dropped to 26th on November. Um, at this time last year, he was ranked 19th. Okay. Which is why Dawson just moved up from. Uh, then in the spring update, he went. Um, there was an, there was two other updates. Again, he went 18th, got up to 16th at the time going into the draft with the final rankings. He was 13th overall and ended up going 16th. So um, with Dawson Mercer currently at 14th, it's a pretty good ranking. It puts him right up around that same sort of. It's tough to. It, it'll be tough to slip unless. Mm. And it, no, I don't even say it because it's jinx. But it, there, there's really having that unbelievable start, playing your way onto a team that no one expected you to be on, and then they got gold medal and to be, have that experience. He got a lot of chances in that Finland I, game. I, yeah. Oh I, man. I'm just thinking. To me, yeah, there would have to be something. I, I don't. I don't see him slipping. I see. I. I see him only going higher. Yeah. Than that. I just saw his talent. You're, you're, he's a great teammate. Let's just say what can happen if he just stayed at the same pace he's on now. Which is a great pick. Yeah. Even if he does slightly tails off a bit, yeah. there's still no reason not to take him. Like there's no there's no issue with him. It's not like he's got a bad shot and he got to work on it, or he's a bad kid, or he can't skate. Hmm. He's got it all, and it's he's all, only it's he's all only improving. Yeah. The only I don't see him going in the top six because I I forget all the names, but I just looked and there's some pretty. But I think he could go. I mean, and who knows? But the the, the top four or five are speaking of new hook. Pretty much solid, but you know who knows. You, you got to think teams are trying to pry him out of Colorado. With the, they're not going to. You don't think? Uh, no, I, I can. Tr was talking about this. You were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember if it was here or on um, or on Tales, where you were talking about like you know New Hook and what he stands for the future in Colorado mm, and, 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 and and what oh. kind of insurance he is because he's only going to get better. Oh, no. and, and and rather than and, and with the place Colorado's in right now, they don't need the surge of like. They don't need to necessarily sell the future for no, what no. they're going to get as a return for no. Alex. So but, but I mean, the thing is, guys like that, like I said, the the reason that I would take, not the reason, I would, I don't know what I'd do. You'd have to see camp. Everything's a judgment call. But if I'm picking the World Juniors and you're asking me why Dawson Mercer got picked and, and Alex Newhook didn't, well, one of the reasons maybe, again, they're totally different players, mm-hmm. but one of the reasons would be like I said in junior you have more prep. Like mm-hmm. if you think about it, junior mm-hmm. they compare with the college level. Yeah. Alex played junior A last year. Yeah. Dawson is hundreds of games into his. He's you know he's played like 150 games maybe yeah, junior, yeah. so he's used to that. Alex is just starting his Boston College career, mm-hmm. so he's only got 18 or 19 games played. So we, it works. It worked that way in the World Juniors, yeah. and I'm just assuming, but yeah. that's often why you don't, you know, it's it's not a thing against the college guys. They just don't have as much experience with that kind of game in a short tournament, and the intensity and all that. So you often take the major junior guys, but for the same point of view, you don't really know what you got yet with Alex. We know yeah. we got a great player, mm-hmm. but he's just like, and he's doing all right. But college takes a while to get used to too. Mm-hmm. Now this year, hopefully, he gets a point a game. He's around it, not quite there, but is now next year he might take off and get. Boom, two points a game. He might get the whole, but you don't know what. Yeah. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is that he's just entering a league, so his his trajectory is going up. We don't know where it's going to stop. Yeah. So is Dawson Mercer's, but he's not drafted yet. Yeah. 
But some kids, you draft, say, purely on potential, like mm-hmm. a, a six-foot-seven defenseman. But some kids, like Newhook, you draft because they're special. You just don't know yet. And yeah. I would never trade a kid that I didn't know how special they were yet. Like, yeah. just If there's no pressing need. Right. right. And, no and, and I don't see to, a pressing need in Colorado. In Colorado. To no. that, to that I, I don't want to sound like a dick here, but guys, Chances NH, are you going NHL to. GMs <laughs> are pretty fucking dumb around the trade deadline. They're pretty. I can no, see I Dawson. Mean, I can. Sorry. I can see Alex Newhook getting traded for Chris Kreider. Like mm, NHL GMs what? are pretty fucking dumb. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I, I suppose. Yeah. I'm like, just, I'm just uh, saying uh, the likelihood of, of it. If, if I was. Of yeah. the date, there's no bigger date where fucking mistakes are made than the trade. Well, deadline. tell me then, why would Colorado? Why I could see if it was like a bad team or a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado really good, but Colorado have all the chips in, in every position. They have depth, so yeah. why would they need to trade I don't, one of their huge prospects? I don't think they're. I don't think like I mean. Like, like, let's say the year they went for Gidla. Let's say the year they got yeah, yeah, Gidla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's reason. Yeah. You want to get the MVP of the league? Well, you're going to have. Well, what's the reason now with all those players that you would ever want to trade Alex? Alex the, no, no, and, I, I and what I'm saying I'm is not that, saying no, it's but, a guarantee. No, but what, but I'm, but uh, what I'm saying is that at the trade, trade deadline yeah. and moving into the trade deadline, you uh-huh. always look at, at where does a team rank in terms of three categories? Are they a buyer, a seller, or a hold? And at the way they're going, I don't think that the Colorado Avalanche need to do much selling or buying. I think no. they need to hold where they're at. And so I don't think they give up their first round pick from last year just for the sake of it. Like, you know, just first for the all, sake of like bringing in a rental when, you know, cause that's the thing is Kreider. I got them to, to win the cup. Yeah. So I, I, so like, I, they're high on my list to win the cup. I don't think they're taking Kreider as a rent, rental yeah. and throwing away a guy that they're, that they got in the first round who, who, like you said, is untapped potential. You don't know again, how I'm, special a player he's going to be. Again, yet. I'm not saying that it's definitely a definite. I just think on the other side of it is, is NHL GMs that are, wait, 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 Guarantee and definitely indefinite. So you're but no, you're I'm saying not that saying that. Yeah. No, I said it's, are yeah. you teetering around it? No, well, I didn't even think you were going close to saying that. No, but if, you're, if no. you're pointing out that you're not saying that, are you saying something? I could are say. Are you saying he may I be traded? I just said I could see it happening. I could see okay. teams okay. trying to How? pry that oh. because it's if, if 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 you are selling, such as the New York Rangers, mm-hmm. you've got I, Chris Kreider has been linked to the the Colorado Avalanche for like mm-hmm. weeks now. So if you're the GM of the New York Rangers, you're going to say, "Hey, you know, this is this is what I want." It's going to start at their first round pick and a prospect. You're probably going to dial it back, or you're going to say, "This team's offering me that. Can you match it? Can you match it?" It's the teams that are selling mm-hmm. are going to try to pry that away more than Colorado's current first round pick. I'm not saying it's like, "Oh yeah, I could totally see this shaking out. They're looking to move them or anything like that." It's not that. It's on the other side. I see that as being, "Oh yeah, you know, you guys are really ready to go for it." Well, if you're ready to go for it, you don't really want to let this guy marinate too long. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's too much yet. Yeah, just just for me, I just think and there are some moves that are you crazy, guys, but you misinterpreted me there. I, I just yeah. wanted to, you know, state I I wasn't saying like, "Oh yeah, on February 27th, God no, no. knows where new hook's going to be." Yeah. I can oh, just but- see a, a no, situation. I didn't take it like that, but yeah. I did take it like you're saying. Yeah, you, you can't see it. I can't see it. But I, okay, I yeah. I mean, I guess anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. So I don't. But I don't. Given given how much, now I can even see a prospect or, or or not a prospect a trade for a, a pick that they don't know yet next year or the year after. So I but think it, they would want they would want him more than the pick because the every, that's what I mean. Every team like you, you got to figure you got to figure. But, but that, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. 
I'm saying that if you're going to trade any first round pick, to me it's just stupid new hook because there's he's on the way up. We don't really know yet. Like he's he's it's ideas. Yeah, I, I could see like here, take my first round pick in 19 uh, 2024, whatever it might be, because you don't really know. Uh, they, I, I think they got a steal. Yeah, now, maybe that's, I'm, that's so why like, teams and the pick yes. that so if a team is looking for a rental or looking to get something off of Colorado, Colorado's obviously going to say we'll take our pick this year. But really, you got to think that's 20, 29th, 30th, 28th at worst yeah. if they fail. So they're just going to be clawing at that. They're going to be clawing at what was a steal, what was probably going to turn into a top ten player. But again, but again, like a lot of the, like you know, I don't think it's going to be something that happens for a Crider just because a Crider is a rental. And I don't think Colorado is willing to pay the price. If Alex Newhook gets traded, these mm-hmm. jeans that I'm wearing, I'm going to take off and yep. I'll put them in a fucking frying pan and I'll chop them up and eat them. How's that? If, if he gets traded? If he gets traded. This, you, oh, should, my best. you should say hey, this deadline. Let's say something realistic. Let's say something realistic because I can't eat jeans. Let's just say something realistic. I will put mustard on my face like I just ate a hot dog yeah. and I didn't realize it yeah. and walk around the mall and talk to people. All right. With mustard all over the left side of my face like an idiot. And can we like can we like <laughs> you bring can a camera and you film it? Well, you can, but it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen, right. but in theory, in theory we could. You, you guys uh, are framing it like I said it was like a guarantee that Oh, but it's still like I yeah, I, yeah like I, 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 get, I did not say I get it was posing, a guarantee. I, 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 think, I know you didn't but, say it's a guarantee, yeah. but like to me it's as unlikely as if Steve Eisenman made a comeback. Wow. Like we like, yeah. it's not impossible, yeah. is it? It's not right. Claude, it is. Claude Lemieux would suggest it's not impossible. Yes, yes. It, it kind of is impossible, <laughs> yeah. but it's not technically because technically he can put on his gear, sign with someone, and go. So technically, yeah. I think the same about the new hook. Like if he gets traded, I will be blown away. Given we'll limit it to this this season in case someone yes. finds this in four <laughs> this years. This particular trade yeah. deadline in is four is years or something. That yeah. being said, yep. the the only way I could see it happening, okay. Is exactly if one of their major D goalie, some, someone gets hurt like right yeah. before the playoffs. Yeah. Then, mm. then, then whatever. But I still don't see it being new hook. Again, the, my biggest reason is because they picked them. Like I think personally, they got a steal. But other like, and I think they do too. But like the, the stats aren't there to say that. At Christmas, I checked. He had twelve points in fifteen games. Mm-hmm. So again. If you're if you're New York, you're going. Hey, your first round pick isn't really. You know, you're you're trying to you're trying to play that down. Where Colorado know very well that he could have thirty. He's a dynamite yeah. player, and so you're almost. It, you know, you're you're giving away a lot of. Well, they they backed off of the Taylor here, Hall thing. I heard like they said in the Thirty One Thoughts podcast that they checked on Taylor Hall, and then they were just like, "Yeah, you know what? We're good." You got to think that was probably what they were after instead of the first round pick for this year. So, so here's a a, a thing that I, I just took a look at just based on 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 the conversation that we're having mm-hmm. right now. The two goalies in Colorado are Philip Grubauer and uh, Detective Grubauer and and Pavel Francouz. Francouz. Colorado are actually the lowest team in the NHL in terms of salary right now. They have a projected cap space, according to Cap Friendly. They are uh, they have current cap space of fourteen, um, like fourteen eight, almost fifteen million. Projected cap space is six point seven. So, like. If we're saying if we're I, if we're saying ten minutes ago that price yes they, okay this I, is made what that I, price, I, said, I, yeah. I made that joke I said I made that joke that, that the, he gets traded to, yeah. he gets traded but to it, uh, this Colorado is the only, the that's the only scenario that I could see what we're talking about happening 
Um, it's like it's literally oh no, like, they don't give up for that deal. No man, Ma- oh Jesus, Montreal make off like bandits if that's the case. What? No, if, not we're, we're we're talking about it. if they're if they're giving up on it. And if they're giving up on price and and, and giving up a, a $10.5 million contract mm. for five years, then that means that whoever is giving up on the on the future of what the potential of Alex Newhook yeah. could be mm. aren't just getting a rental. They're getting someone long term. I was going to say but that's worst the way case, I could see it happening. Worst case, you've got the, the parachute out of... Next year, there's an expansion draft. Jesus and Christ! So that's, Wouldn't that be madness? There's a bunch. There's a bunch of madness going on. That, yeah, that and would. and it would be hilarious if it were to happen. It's the only way I could see it fucking happening. Um, well, and, if, and you know what? If that's where he goes, we'll all do the, the whole thing. The whole we'll thing's null No, I'm saying it's null void. You don't need to do it. And I still think <laughs> they can, but I think they can win with those goalies anyway. Oh, I, I think even, they could too. Oh yeah, I I really like Grubauer. Yeah, right. So even. That's where I stand. That, that that's why I think it's so unlike like of the price destinations. Yeah. That's that's a huge possibility. But I, I don't think price goes there I, because I, they got a lot of work to do on signing some guys. Is Cal McCarr extended yeah, yet? I just I wouldn't. Know. I just wouldn't. Like I said, I I wouldn't bet against Colorado's goalies. They already have. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think they're bad, and I think they're both pretty good. They're not both price, but uh, they're both pretty good. And by the way, mm-hmm. I think price is disheartened. Yeah, I I, I don't think. I, who knows? He's 32. I, but I, I think whatever injuries were there, he could play through. If he went to, uh, and maybe he's fine. Maybe he's not. Maybe Chuck's mm-hmm. right. Maybe he slipped on that puck and he'll never be the same and he's trying to earn his mm-hmm. money. But I think if he got traded, he's a professional. He works hard. He's determination. He's, he's, he's focused. I think if he gets traded somewhere for a run, you're going to see the he's, old Carey Price. He's been on my list. So there, I've got a list of players that I will never get mad at if I see them lift the cup as long as they don't put my Leafs out. <laughs> Carey Price is on that list for me. I There's just something about... He's won at every other level. There's just something about that. It's almost like the Lanny McDonald he's, thing. He's, he's like a, just, he's a Ray Bork at this yeah, stage, right? It's, it's, well, I don't so know if he's that, it's, Colorado. Ray, and I don't know if he's a Ray Bork, but it's just one of those things where it's like, to me, in a just world, eventually, whether it be with Montreal yeah. or somewhere, there's got to be that image of Kerry with his pad still on lifting the cup. Yeah. So and he's on that. Like That's the same thing. as like, I'm never going to get mad watching Sidney Crosby win the Stanley Cup. Now, if it somehow happens, they put the Leafs out like a double overtime game seven. Who do you finals. get mad at when they lift the, lift the cup? Not like get mad at, but like I could I could go without seeing the Boston Bruins lift the cup. I could go without seeing that. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Like I could go without all, seeing. All right, but 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 seeing that also I could, brings I, us. I was never a fan of Eric Cole. He always rubbed <laughs> me the wrong way. Um, but we can use that as a transition to the last thing that I had on my list for today. And that's something that you brought up to me earlier this week. I've also saw it on, uh, the beer league players association, Facebook group. Uh, and apparently they, they gave us some love in a, another post this week. Nice. Uh, a couple of people commented saying that they were a fan of the show. Uh, so thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Guys. But a post that I saw on that, that you had also brought up to me like the day before is a hypothetical that you just throw out there and it's a bar room talk and we might as well do it right oh. now. You, in this hypothetical, you are an NHLer. You've got your, you're signing your contract. You get a modified no trade clause where you get five teams. You can just outright veto. You cannot be moved to these five teams. What are your five teams? Where are the five markets you don't want to go? If I answer that honestly, I'm going to get a lot of shit because I hang out in a couple of the cities. <laughs> so I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to touch it. Does does it rhyme? Does one of them rhyme with Glinner Tag? Um, I'd have to think about it. <laughs> I Maybe a, I, I, I got, got a lot of friends of, there. No, I didn't. I, I didn't necessarily go uh, there. But I got a lot of shit. If, if I was if, if I if I was an alien, yeah. 
looking at this from the outside, first of all, I wouldn't want to go anywhere in Canada because it's snowed. Now we're from the so the oh, yeah. so I'm not going to say it's all the Canadian teams. I'm yeah. just saying there's some places yeah. that I'm just saying that it's nice in Tampa Bay, yeah. right? And it snows up here, yeah. so that would come into my. And I loved Montreal, yeah. and I love all those cities. So I, it, it, the more I talk, the more I'm going to bury myself because a couple would probably be be Canadian. All right, yeah. Mike, Mike, you go first. Me, I've, I'll, I'll go. I'll I, read mine. You go I, first. I had, yeah, and I, I can get away with saying that uh, this without the same sort of backlash that I know Terry would I get give from you people. My top five. I got to try to find my. Um, it's, it's hard for me to look at that objectively and, and not want. Like I don't know of a city that's. I wouldn't want to play in. Like, I more could give you the top five I'd love to play in, but you're in the NHL. Yeah, I, like even you say Winnipeg, but fuck, man, that'd be wild to play well, in. Well, I mean, building. it's it's difficult for, for you yeah. to answer this because, you know, you were in the NHL. It's less of a hypothetical. Yeah, it's less of a hypothetical. Like, I can imagine you being like, hey, man, so I'll, I've got mine up here All now. Right. And I took a lot of heat from my friend Joel for mine. Uh, Winnipeg was number one. Edmonton, Calgary, Minnesota, New Jersey. And then in brackets, I said most of these are weather-based. If I could get eight teams, I'd add the Sens, Leafs, and Habs. But to be completely honest, that's just because I wouldn't deal well with the pressure there. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't... Uh, like, Tom Fitzgerald, uh, I think it was Tom Fitzgerald, was like a third liner on a team, and he had people throwing popcorn at him when he tried to take his kids to Monsters, Inc. Like, I wouldn't yeah. deal with that. Um, and my answers were uh, in no particular order. Uh, the uh, New York Islanders, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the New Jersey Devils, the Montreal Canadiens, and asterisk wherever Matt Duchesne is playing. Huh. <laughs> I just don't want to be in a room with that guy, mainly because I've said a bunch of stuff on this show and it would get awkward. Like to see like <laughs> getting that the story from the interview where he gets on an elevator and it's Mike that's Keenan. A funny, did someone ask you? That's a funny way to frame it, though. Your top five worst places. It's well, it's, 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 the just, it's, no trade. it's it's it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the current thing where like on a contract, like you can have a modified no trade where you just put like no. No, I know. I know. I'm what automatically you mean. I just find no. a weird frame like. It's a really glasses it's, half it's, empty. It's kind really, of a question. it's really a weirdly negative question. Chuck's like, the one that asked me. Why would, like, like first I'm of not all, taking for responsibility anybody to play in the NHL was unbelievable. So, like, you're taking a dream that would be fucking unbelievable. If if you were to play for Winnipeg, you'd be like, oh my god, I'm on the Winnipeg. You wouldn't. Yeah. So it's hard to classify that as bad. Yeah. Now, of the 31 teams, I suppose I could pick five, but I'd rather pick five that I fucking super love. And the glasses are empty. Yeah, I, I would like, say yeah, yeah. the way I the, the way, way to do it is like what, like if I was going to put on a like no I want to stay where I am but these five teams that yes the, I'll automatically the way I, the the way thing, I read that's the more it and the way only to way it. that we could judge some of it especially you guys and no offense yeah no totally. would be from like reading or, yeah. or watching it on you don't know what any of these dressing rooms are I don't, like I don't know what the you dressing rooms are like I don't know what the steakhouse in the town is no but big miss on me variables yeah yeah big miss on me for not adding the New York Islanders because they kind of don't have a home now <laughs> that's why they were first on my <laughs> However, list but Tierra to, to but, elaborate it was uh the question the full question because Mike botched it is oh. you're negotiating with your agent for a new contract and you get a modified no trade so it's like something that you would put in paper I hear you you know what yeah this is so someone can't phone you at 3 a.m. and say, Terry, get your shit. You're moving to Anaheim for the next five years, which probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Disneyland's right there. Oh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I yeah. guess you know why? Here's here it is. All the teams I look back on, mm -hmm. like me and Cirque just went through his career. If you go yeah. through mine, I would judge my favorite places all on things that you can't see. Like, like I, I judge it on the room, the trainers, the staff. The way the coach mm. treated me, the way the fans treated me, bars, restaurants, uh, uh, wilderness. Totally. Right? I would say Colorado Springs, but yeah. 
we only had a few thousand a game. It was never sold out, but mm -hmm. I love the people there. I love that coming from Montreal. There was mm -hmm. no pressure. All the things that I classify as wanting to play or attractive aren't something that you could see. So, you know, really, if you're talking about a place of Winnipeg or Tampa, you're really only talking weather. There, there's yeah. nothing else. Yeah, you're talking and mine right? were yeah. mine were like in in the tweet that I put up. Mine were like these are pretty yeah, much yeah, strictly weather based. Yeah. Like I, I and, just. And for me, it's it's yeah. And I was pressure. Yeah, I, I, I just think I, I, uh, I guess that's why it felt like a weird. Yeah. It, it's a, I'm not dismissing it. It's a yeah. question. It was on Twitter and everything. I just that's I guess why because that's where my mind went. My my mind went to places that well, I really don't know. How do I know what it's like to play in Anaheim? Yeah. I, I know the sun is out. I know it's hotter. <laughs> but fuck, it might be a shithole. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I you know of a place to play. It's not. They won cups. Getzlaff loves it there. Perry. Lo yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. I don't really know. I haven't even been to a game in Anaheim other than one that I sat out and I sat in the press box. I saw more of the rink in, in Smallwood Arena growing up. Like you know, <laughs> I, I was literally at a hot dog up in the press box and looked down. I couldn't really yeah. tell you. I mean, from geography, I could tell you the top five, and they're obvious. They're yeah. all sunshine, but you know, there's a lot more that goes into sunshine. It. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing yeah. is, it's just it's, it's it's just one of those like exercises in this kind of conversation, okay, okay. and just Be you know, before we wrap this, because yeah. we're probably tackling on like a two and a forty-five here, aren't we're, we? We're we're yeah. we're two and change. I've at this got point. just one quick question, yep. Tr. Uh, <laughs> Penny Lane. Oh, put on your stuff. <laughs> Right. Uh, one one quick question. Sorry so I've been that. reading. I've been reading a book, uh, Tima Solani's book lately, and he went through some contract stuff, almost similar to when I was reading your book. And uh, essentially, the Jets couldn't pay him uh, eighty cent dollar and whatnot, seventy cent dollar. But the owner, so trade rumors were going all around and all that. The owners called him, and during your time where you were looking to get traded from Montreal and all that stuff. I know that you had mentioned that, uh, you know, the GM had spoken to you, but did you ever in your time in Montreal get, I thought that was strange for the owner, and the same thing happened to Timo in Anaheim. Did you ever hear from the owners when you were in Montreal, like at all? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. I just, th th that stuck out to me as weird. I was like, Jesus Christ, the, the owners. family invited Jeremy Charles up to do a, that's when Jeremy started cooking. Uh -huh. So they came to Shane's restaurant, and I remember them being really nice, but no, I, I never even... It was completely cut off. Yeah, I and, and I, just, I, I just thought that was, when I was reading about it, I was like, Jesus, that's a bit of an overstep. So anyway, the story in yeah. Timo's book is all kinds of trade rumors. The GM says we're not going to trade him, and then he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll take his, his word for it. And that was about 30 days from the famous Solani trade, and then 10 days from the famous Solani trade, the owners of the Jets phoned him. It's like, you're going to read a lot of stuff, but uh, we're telling you right now we're not going to trade you. I own this team, and... Uh, the next phone call he got was about 10 days later and it was pack your stuff we've traded you true but the only thing i would say that does sound weird i haven't heard of it happening much but with team Solani, like i i assume these big stars probably talk to the owners a lot i mean yeah it could yeah it could be I, I would i mean the only way it makes sense of if, if is but like the, from what i gathered that owner wasn't really engaged like i can understand if mary lemieux did it because he's an ex-hockey yeah. player owns the team really engaged I yeah I, I just it does it does that, that just does thought, strike me as a bit odd that yeah. you to hear from the owner okay yeah, it does. Until, all right, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, so well. Really I'm, inside baseball <laughs> to end this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like an interesting story. I don't mean to dismiss what yeah. you said. I, I totally could see it happening. Do I think it's out of the norm? Yes. But it probably happens more with Timo Solani than guys like me. But, you know, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, like, I, like I'm sure, like, you know, one of the Jacobs might call 
Patrice Bergeron if we get into a point where there's rumors on on Patrice moving or whatever. Um, Tr, you got nothing else to add? I assume because you're taking any indoor soccer now. Uh, I was saying like you got your headphones off. I assume you're good. But if anybody wants to find you. It's T Ryan or Terry Ryan twenty on Twitter, t- Terry Ryan twenty twenty on Instagram, and make sure to check out uh, Tales of Tr Terry's other sh- uh, show on the Hockey Podcast Network, Thanks, uh, and that comes out uh, kind of infrequently, but kind of normally <laughs> it, it's. Uh, but you can check out that, and they have thirty one other podcasts following each NHL fr- uh, franchise. Chuck, where can people find you? At the Duke of Duckworth in person <laughs> or uh, on most social media networks as Smokes Indoors. And uh, you can find me at a bunch of places as at Hickey Comma Mike. And uh, of course, we're at 3MI Podcast. You can find 3MIPodcast.com to find old episodes and buy t-shirts and hats and other things um, and other episodes of this show. But another episode of this one will be coming up next week where we'll have a different guest and come back to shout out you a bit more about hockey. Why do you hang around with the worst crowd, with the worst crowd?